It's the Wednesday a lot of you have been waiting for. There's a ton of buzz around this whole iPad Goat thing. I'm really excited to be getting into it again. So how's everybody doing out there? Welcome, welcome to the Vibrant. Y'all, I love you. <laughs> the comments are already blowing up. This is fun. What's up, uh, Stacy, Jenny B? Who else we got in here? Logan, Stim, Alicia. Yes, you guys. Mojo Shop. Much love to you all. Thank you for being here. And Ooh, extremely prestigious on the Rockfin side. We have former Vice President Joe Biden commenting. You know, I wonder if he'll make an appearance in a future iPad, iPad Goat iteration, you know. And uh, George Mesa, what's up, dude? I can't wait to do your new show. People check out George's new show, oh, Third Eye Edified, I think is the name of the show. He'll correct me in the comments there if I got that wrong. But looking forward to doing that. Tim Nizzle, what's up? Love you all. Thank you for being here. And we have the one and only Slick Dissident. What's up, Gabriel? Hail, hail, brother. Good to see everybody. I know that you're super, super stoked about this. You've got a lot loaded in the chamber. Oh, man, big time. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, the research on this was fun. It took me to all kinds of places and uh, I had to like really hone it down and prioritize the, what's good. I was just typing a message to you, but then you stopped talking. So uh, when you're, if, if we talk over each other a little bit, I could hear a bit of an echo back. So maybe turn down the laptop volume a little bit, you know, still so you can hear us, but this is live podcasting. What's up, Andrea, Andy, Cozy Crone. How you doing? You, I maybe need to unmute you. Okay, there you go. Go. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, not much is going on. It's going good though. So, ready to have some fun and crack into this. <laughs> Cracking this egg boy. Yeah. <laughs> and make an egg boy omelet. And I'm hoping we see Joshua pop in here. Um, yeah. Maybe something came up. I know that his job is one that makes him sometimes unavailable because he works with troubled individuals and occasionally crises come up. So, let's hope it's not something like that. But... Yeah, if Joshua pops in, that would be great. If not, the three of us can tackle this, or maybe somebody in the comments wants to just call in. <laughs> I'm, last time, as Gabe was saying, you know, tell us some of your favorite comments from rewatching the live stream from a couple of weeks ago, Gabriel. <laughs> uh, my all-time favorite last from a few weeks was uh, Cheney. She said that her gangster name is uh, Lesbian Jihad. <laughs> That killed me. That was killing me. Uh, but yeah, uh, if anybody missed it, I definitely recommend going back and listening to the first show, the first half of this, and pay attention to those comments because the 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 chat was just on fire. They were like throwing around so much gravy. It was absolutely glorious. Yeah, it was a good one. I was like, I was that guy today on my walk like going on my walk with my phone in my face because I couldn't pull myself away from the comments. There was just so much good stuff in there. It was really great. So looking forward to this one. And I just want to say in advance, like, thanks for everybody in the comments, you know, throwing it down. I don't pay attention while I'm in the show, but I do go back afterwards and I get my mind blown just as much as you guys probably do. So yeah, it's definitely a fun shared learning experience. I love the collaborative effort here. And speaking of collaborations, I have been collaborating with the enemy, 
artificial intelligence. (laughs) 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 This app I used to do graphics for the show just recently updated to have AI generated art. You just give it some words and uh, it pops out art. And man, there's been some weird shit that comes out with that. And I made the cover art for this episode that way. I just put in George W. Bush and Baphomet. And they they were close. They kind of it's more of a Moloch vibe, but this is the creepiest shit ever to imagine the AI was this right on to the vibe of George W. Gave him like rotted looking teeth. Looks like he's got meth mouth. <laughs> so I'm sorry for this image, everybody. But it does capture <laughs> it does capture the iPet goat vibe in, in some strange way. Yeah, that is so creepy. Like even his look at his hands. His hands don't look quite human. They're like hoof hands. Yeah. yeah what is he holding? The, that thing is like a, it's like a upside down kangaroo head with <laughs> one horn, one broken horn. Whoa. That is so, so, so weird. It's He's so got weird. The, his ears are like a little too pointy, you know, making him look kind of goaded out. Wow. I like how the, um, the, Baphomet, whatever they thought was Baphomet, on the one side, their hand is like, I'm so dainty. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, that's totally Moloch vibes. And I even think that this, so this was a square image that I mirrored, but I think that this red thing in the middle between the two Molochs is probably placenta. The AI probably knew, you know, Moloch eating babies. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Yeah, very likely. So I'm thinking, I would love it if we could get, Josh in here. We'll see what happens. I did text him and maybe to stall for time just a bit. And it's not really a stall for time because I wanted to do this anyway. Let's watch iPad Goat 2. <laughs> I'm sorry if you've already seen it. Uh, it's going to be worth it though. Refresh all of our minds what we're talking about. And then we're going to go through from around the halfway point where we left off before. Uh, well, before that, we'll also let people give their ideas, you and, and Gabriel, that maybe got left on the table from the first time or not realized the first time. So, you know, here we go. We'll play it and um, should be able to talk over this. Actually, let me load it in a way where we can be on screen with it. One second. Technical maneuvers here. All right. I can turn it down some so we can kind of talk as we watch it. The sound is creepy, but it's not. It's not like dialogue or anything. No. It's just super creepy when you slow it down, though. <laughs> but Jenny showed me a, a version of it where they reversed the audio. Yeah, I sent that to me, too. I didn't get to watch it yet, though. Yeah, I don't know what I thought about it. <laughs> Did we mention that that's an upside-down pentagram? I feel like oh we must have. Yeah, I think so. I feel like we did. Yeah, we went from a five five pointed star to now there's a six pointed star on the wall. Usually, that's your Masonic pillars. I can't wait to get into this. I'm pretty sure this is the greatest of all time of uh, iPad Goat decodes. That's my favorite quote of his. Fool me once, uh, uh, never fool me again. And then I like when the actual recording of that, he's like, 
there's a saying in Tennessee, and it might be Texas, and but it's like it's a saying everywhere. Like, it's literally a song. <laughs> So that dropping the apple has kind of got an abortion aspect to it too. You know, she yeah. rolls it out of her lap. I wonder too if the dropping of the apple could like represent rejecting knowledge. Oh yeah. I still think it had something to do with, like, Macintosh computers. <laughs> I'm starting to really appreciate all the shark fins, now that you mentioned that that is a type of Russian uh, submarine. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of blows my mind from the last time. There's a lot of shark fin imagery. Another thing about the shark is like maybe one of the most basic meanings of shark symbolically would be that is a symbol of like authority and power or superiority. Oh, right. Like an alpha predator. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, and that the, is what the, uh, the fake ass elites consider themselves. Yeah. Uh, also they use shark DNA in, um, the research for curing Alzheimer's. They, uh, they have a, like impeccable memory and they use that in, a. Uh, Alzheimer's treatment. Okay, that's where we left it, right? Yeah. We left it here, yeah. Okay. So we'll, after we replay through it all, we'll go back to where the guy's drowning in goop. Says James that shark stuff is used in the goop, the, uh, the cowpoke too. I'm sure. No, when I was going back over this, I was like, where's the echidna? <laughs> where's the mother of monsters and all this? So if he's going in through the mouth, he's got to come out above. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me think of that South Park episode where they learn how to eat backwards. The really old one. one. No, I think that's a newer one. Lima. 
that jet pillar, the Jedi lightsaber behind him. Getting ahead of myself, but look at the scorpion tail in the sky. Yeah, I had, uh, that was one of my things. (laughs) (laughs) And I also... Uh, screenshotted, so... You see that, too? Yeah. Yeah. That is sneaky. There's a lot of sneaky stuff. I feel like I probably miss a lot from just, like, hidden in the snow and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Let's not forget to... There's more on that. Let's, let's, Let's go back to that when we come back around, because I got... A lot comes to mind instantly uh, when I think about that. Absolutely. Yeah, we have uh, a lot to get into now, guys. So (laughs) that's what we're working with. In case any of you guys weren't here for the first round or haven't seen that before, we're going to jump in at about the middle. Let me get Andy's slides pulled up here. So some stuff we saw at about this halfway point, we did talk about the child soldier, right? Or first, actually, Gabriel, you said you had some thoughts from the first half of this version. Yes, yes. Uh, today, I was watching a fella who broke, who's broke this down many times. Uh, a guy, uh, his channel is called Enter the Stars. Okay, I'm, I'm familiar. Yeah, and he's gone over this many times. I mean, he keeps coming back to it and kind of adding his own layers. And he brought forward a very uh, interesting statue that is in Ukraine. And the name of the statue is the, uh, let me find it here. Uh, It's like the fear of the falling sky. Oh, Pin, uh, Pinskovsky Memorial, P-E-N-K-O-V-S-K-Y. That's the name of a Russian spy, but this memorial statue is, uh, here, I'll send it to, oh, it's actually in our IPET, gro- IPET go telegram group. Uh, so it's a statue of a guy who, uh, here, I'll just send it right to you, Chance. Uh, and this is in, I believe this is in Kiev. It's in Ukraine. And it looks a lot like uh, the Crowley character from our um, uh, Moon Knight decodes. He's got a straw hat. Yep. Okay. So this statue is really interesting. It's highly interactive. 
And so what they did is they told people that there's a mirror under the sh- under his shoe and that it's good luck to look at the mirror. And so people bend over and try to look under the mirror and there's that coin is under his foot. And so while they're trying to look at this mirror under his foot, which is actually not there, the natural ergonomics of looking under his shoe causes his other hand to slip into your pocket. So while you're trying to solve the mystery of what's under his foot, there's a sleight of hand going on where his other hand goes into your back pocket when you bend over. And so it has this like real interactive uh, kind of joke built into the ergonomics of interfacing with the statue. But you can see under his toe there is a coin. And so a lot of people will try to bend over to look at the coin. Some people have been told the mystery of like uh, looking for the mirror under his shoe. And so people always are caught bending over next to the statue and his hand is like going in people's back pocket or he's copping a feel. I was going to say there's a, yeah. Goosing them on the backside. Uh, So this is uh, just, it's very interesting because uh, I'm quite sure it's in the Ukraine is where this is located. Uh, But it definitely hails back to that part of the beginning that we went over where Obama has a coin under his foot as that apple rolls up and bounces off of his toe. So I think that they are, might've been, uh, you know, putting a nod and a wink to this statue. And when you think of Obama in the context of this, (laughs) you know, like uh, the trickster, the trickster archetype, uh, it's really very interesting. Uh, So, yeah, I just thought I would throw that out because uh, that fellow over on Enter the Stars, he brought that forward uh, before uh, on one of his decodes. And yet, the coin under the foot, didn't we decide that's like a, a Roman a Roman coin? Or no, I think it's like the, a British royal. It's like a crown, I think it was. It's yeah. called a crown. Yeah. So he's got what is crown. interesting, too, is, <laughs> okay, so we're talking about the trickster vibes. Uh, I like to listen to Big Bear Owen Benjamin, and he makes a really, really strong case that uh, the like part of the way that the powers that were or whatever you want to call them, like morally or I don't know if I even believe in karma, but in their own minds that they justify their behavior is that they consider what they're doing as like a joke or a prank because they're telling you, and that's part of a prank because it has to there has to be a reveal. You know, it's a scam if you don't tell them that you were punking them at the end. And or at the beginning. Or at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, this is next to possibly even like a double seven thing, but uh the and in this picture here. But the point I'm trying to make is that this coin being a crown, calling back to that statue, which is in itself a giant prank, and the legend around it is a prank. Well, the LR switch gives you clown crown to clown. Right. And so maybe that's always been an archetype. Like maybe that's why we see the gestures associated in like historical 
art and and things with the the royals isn't because they kept jesters around, but it was like symbolically telling you they're the clowning. They're the ones clowning you. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. I just heard a, a, yeah. a phrase recently that the, the, I believe it was that the jester always precedes the master. And, um, and I don't know where that comes from, but it made me instantly think of uh, Yoda and how when Luke met Yoda, Yoda was playing it coy and like being uh, juvenile and silly. And it uh, in, uh, led Luke to the, to the uh, home base, to his, his, his gates, his threshold. And it wasn't until they were inside that Yoda revealed and uh, showed his, his true nature, his, you know, his higher self. Uh, and I think there is, there's something uh, really profound about that technique of almost like disarming somebody by being so silly and funny and being a jester at first and waiting until they're disarmed. And then you come correct with your true self and that uh, earns some level of respect where they second guess themselves. And they're like, Oh, Whoa, this guy's like, this guy's dialed in. And then you achieve the reward is that you get more respect when you uh, kind of let down that facade. Maybe. The the context that Owen was talking about recently was this guy, Gavin McInnes, who started the whole Proud Boys thing, which got a bunch of people arrested uh, at the super scary Capitol riot, the January 6th tower moment. <laughs> and he basically, this dude, Gavin, uh, lied and told all his followers that he had been arrested by the FBI. And there's a big push by like the fake alt-right that's propped up by the state of Israel and all that uh, characters like that, that are, it seems like it's a communist move that's always been going on from time immemorial. And we're about to talk about a communist because <laughs> that's where this begins uh, to destabilize people's faith in their own nation's institutions. And then at the point that those institutions are abolished with nothing to replace them, more chaos ensues, which makes it even easier to, infiltrate and undermine and do all that. So this guy, Gavin McInnes, obviously sketchy. He was one of the founders of vice and vice has gone totally sketch. <laughs> he, uh, he told all his followers he'd been arrested by the FBI and Owen apparently like texted him about it. Like, Whoa, is everything okay? And he says it was not real. He tells Owen straight up that it wasn't real, that it was a prank. But in meanwhile, everyone's freaking out the whole like alt right, uh, podcast universe was tell it repeating it to everybody. The FBI arrested Gavin McGinnis. The FBI arrested him. And the guy's not even a comedian. You know, he's not even like known to be a comedian, but he does do weird pranks. Like, I'm sorry for the crudeness of this, but the dude uh, once did stuff like, like make out with a man to own the libs like on camera. Cause he's a conservative or once put a dildo in his rectum and danced around because that somehow owned Hillary Clinton, who he said he could dance better than her with something up his butt because the joke was that she looked like she had a stick up her butt or something. Anyway, I know this is like hor horrific stuff. And uh, they, they call this stuff like pranks, call it jokes, but it leads to real world outcomes. Real, real people freaked out that this guy supposedly got arrest, arrested by the FBI. 
but he came, he came clean to Owen and said it was a prank, maybe thinking that Owen is also a grifter or something. Cause he does get that reputation from a lot of people that think he's like, there's a lot of defamation against him saying he's a grifter and all that, but <laughs> he spilled the beans and now everybody knows that that guy was never arrested. He went to vacation in France. So man, there's a lot going on right now. Like the, the Mar-a-Lago <laughs> thing that just happened on the Mar-a-Lago thing that just happened with uh orange man swamp thing. He was raided by the FBI on eight, eight 22, which by the way, if you go back to all this campaigning, uh, the number that you text or whatever to donate to his campaign was eight eight zero two two, eight eight twenty two. Damn, damn. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much damning stuff about Trump. I mean, there should be an iPad goat three with Trump and Biden, <laughs> the way that they did one for Bush and Obama, because they play off each other in the same fucking way. And I think this is all buffoonery. Could anyone actually be as retarded as Joe Biden appears to be, again, and be the president? Or no. even George Bush, for that matter. I think there's a serious case to be made about the cr- the clowning, the turning the leaders into jesters, and also the so-called pranks of people like this Gavin McInnes guy, all actually being communist plot to undermine faith in institutions, right? Yep. Yep. Makes me think of hazing. Uh, you know these the, these fraternal orders. You know they haze people. They run pranks and jokes all the time. It's like their modus operandi. And it's, now it's on a global scale. You know, it also makes me think of uh, swatting. I know that uh, swatting like started to trend in the past decade. And now it's like a strategic swatting gone wild. Uh, in about the 8822, you know, I mean, obviously we've got that the 88 is a mercurial number. Mercury is the trickster, the joker, uh, 88 day orbit of Mercury. Uh, but I had some uh, kind of a little side weave that Mario and I did about the uh, the lion's gates. <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. Pretty agile for an old man, right? Um, we uh, talked about the lion's gate being uh, an alignment where the the dippers the dippers are the plow in uh, through the four different season the dipper articulates the four different stations that generates the shape of the swastika and it is actually during August that the dipper is hanging downward so it's like pouring out its abundance the most. And that's why uh, the, on the lust card, um, the you know she's supposed to be like the whore of Babylon, riding on the beast, and she's holding up a cup. She's lifting a cup up high. Well, that cup is being filled by the dipper as the dipper is uh, unloading the abundance into the month of August. That's why your plants are like booming right now. My tomatoes, I can't keep up with them. Uh, so there is uh, an alignment of the dipper pouring out the essence of life in, in the season, uh, August being the uh, the time where we're receiving the most of that energy, and we're at the apex of the uh, of the arc of the sun as well. So, uh, and I think the reason that I bring Mario up is he has mentioned in the past in his research that 
they call that time when the dipper is pouring out the abundance, they call that um, when the bear is hanging by its tail. And that is the best time to cast spells. And so uh, what I'm getting at is that the spell of the Mar-a-Lago raid was at optimal timing. Whether you're on the, with this side or that side, whoever you believe in, it's definitely, in magical systems, it's a standard that that was the best time to cast a spell. So, yeah, very, very magical time. Really good point, man. <laughs> That's a really good point. Seems like a spell to me. Absolutely. All right. Andy, you got any thoughts on all the stuff we just laid out? No, I'm just, well, not too much more. I had kind of talked with some people on the landscape before, and I was like, you know, um, doesn't really matter if you believe it's a thing or not. There's other people out there that are going to believe it's a thing. So there's going to be stuff going on. You know, whether you like it or not. So. <laughs> That's a great point. I'm glad you yeah. said that. I was thinking about that a lot today. You know, like the, the idea of the nocebo effect. And if you research the nocebo effect, it's uh, it, it actually goes to a prank. It hails back to a prank. Uh, when you research it, uh, a group of uh, of kids uh, at a boys' school, they had this one guy in their class who they did not like, and they wanted to teach him a lesson. So they all got together and they planned this, uh, this, uh, this horrible prank on the one kid. And what they did is they went in and they bagged him, uh, put a bag over his head and pulled him out in the schoolyard and were menacing him while he was, uh, while he was bagged telling him they're going to kill him, that they're going to, uh, that they're going to chop off his head. And they like started sharpening an ax so he could hear it and telling him that this is it. You got any last words, motherfucker. And then uh, put his head down on a tree stump in the yard and took a freezing cold rag and slapped the rag on the back of his neck. And homie died on the spot. And that is telling us how powerful we are. The power of belief, you can actually just die because you believe it. They say that's what actually happens when a a tarantula bites you, that you die from a heart attack from the fear. And it's it doesn't it's not really poison. It just your heart uh, uh, has an overreaction. And another example of the nocebo is a. and I forget the name of this condition, but women can actually come almost to full-term pregnancy just because they believe they're pregnant. And I forget what that's called. It's a, it's a legitimate condition. But if a woman believes she's pregnant enough, she can exhibit all of the, it's not symptoms, all of the features, all of the physical development of coming to full-term, full-belly Men can actually have like a sympathetic symptoms of pregnancy too, if they have a pregnant partner. Yes. That's where the pregnant man emoji comes from. Right. And I was thinking about this the other day, Chance. If W's become M's, right? You can switch the W's to M's. Morning sickness becomes warning sickness. Isn't that a trip? And that kind of puts it in like a, 
it kind of puts a negative spin on a beautiful thing. It's an inversion in and of itself, you know. Uh, it should be like blessing sickness, you know. We should, right. you know, call it something uplifting, not like do, so doom and gloom. Uh, but, yeah, just thought I'd throw all that on the table. Because, uh, yeah, like you were saying, it, uh, there are people out there who believe this, and if they convince us to believe it too much, uh, it can be hazardous, whether it's true or not. Yeah, so I got this flower, and I thought that it looked a lot like there's a flower on the wall at the beginning in the school. Um, I think that they're like magnolia blossoms. And hold on, because I have a book here. It's got the five petals, which hails to Venus, the kiss of Venus with the five yeah. petals. And the other one is yellow, and this one is purple. So I think that has, like, there's some kind of changing, or, like, maybe it's later in the season. Oh. I'm glad this is all in alphabetical order. Magnolia means perseverance. So that's kind of interesting. And then it's in the river of slime, which... If we go a little bit further, uh, the next slide, then we can talk about that some more. Um, I think, so I did post in the Telegram chat, there's um, in Venezuela, and it's kind of like chimichurri sauce, but in Venezuela it's called something different, and it's made a little bit differently because it's a different area. But I think that's what they're trying to, like it's double-layered because um, you know, obviously Venezuela is has had a lot of problems since this uh, video came out, and they're a communist regime. So I think it's doubly pointing to that. Uh, Great call. And um, well, the thing that came, the saying that came to me when I was looking into it was "lost in the sauce." So they're kind of like, you know. Damn. Part of this deception, like, but it kind of got like washed over. And, um, it also looks like Nickelodeon slime, you know? And then, so I looked <laughs> yeah. into like, what's the meaning of the word Nickelodeon, you know? Cause I swore that was like a person at some point. <laughs> like when I was younger, when I looked into it, I thought it was, it seemed like it was named after a person, but it's named after, um, like nickel and dime theaters. So they got nickel and dimed. What's like propaganda. Oh, and wow. then they got lost in the sauce. So, man, um, oh, that is so awesome. So, his <laughs> tattoo there says Juanita. He has love oh, for Juanita. Yeah. I think that's Juan Guaido. We might be looking at the Juan Guaido attempted takeover. I'm not familiar with that, but I was wondering about the tattoo. Go ahead and elaborate more. Yeah. yeah. So, well, Juan Guaido was a uh, was a propped up. He's an actor. Uh, he's definitely he's from like, uh, you know, kind of like Ocasio Cortez. They just like you mean these. like actors in politics. Oh that's man, a, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. A, that's not a thing. That doesn't happen. Oh yeah, they're total agents, man. It's, it's totally. <laughs> he worked for the Nickelodeon. What <laughs> right? Well, the Nickelodeon booth is like where you you know you go to get off have a little privacy to get off. Like Nickelodeon is a really disgusting 
origin story. But yeah, yeah you're totally right. That's interesting too that the the ancient Greek word odion meaning theater it like echoes the word odious. Oh damn, good point. Yes. That is totally what's going on here guys. So he's so it's Juan Guaido. He uh he's also um I think we're looking at um you know the Jesuits they are all about Juan the Baptist. And this guy's about to get baptized. He's about to get inducted. He's about to get dunked under the water. He's going through a unholy baptism. And he, uh, clearly he uh, was affiliated. He was putting a lot of faith, a lot of love towards that, uh, that Jesuit order, the uh, Juan the Baptist worship. Uh, yeah. I think that I think you're totally right. Good call on Venezuela. Great call. Yeah. If we look at his hands too, like he dropped the sickle out of the, um, so he's not receiving the harvest because the left hand is the receiving and the right hand is the giving. So he's doing all the work, but he's not receiving any harvest, which is like just like their like whole thing with the bread costing like weird amounts of money like and it goes back to revelation too like a whole day's worth of pay will uh only not even get you a loaf of bread you know super good i want to point out the missing tooth i think that most of the symbolism in this you can pretty much attribute to or like look at it through the lens of dream symbolism because this is such an obvious like psychedelic fever dream of a a production. So in dream symbolism, missing a tooth would be powerlessness, a sense of powerlessness or inferiority, which is exactly the thing that leads people to the ideology of communism. Great. And then also that's a really, I was having trouble reading it. It definitely says Juanita. I don't know if it's possible to tell exactly what the other word is. I feel like somebody at one point had like a had done that and I had watched that one and now I can't remember like that was so long ago because that was um, back in like 2014 when I was looking into this. Well, you did bring up that the left hand is the one that is empty. So the receiving is cut off and the sickle is dropped and the sickle is the harvest. Virgo is the harvest. Virgo the virgin mother (laughs) the true the true demon (laughs) virgin but the tattoo reminds me of people's tattoos that they get for their mom yeah and that was actually my first take at it i mean then i don't know maybe his mom's name is juanita anyway the communist thing in terms of right left paradigms it is so left that it even shows up in people's biofield as left side trauma. I have actually had first time, first hand uh, experience with this in tuning somebody that came from a raised in a communist country. So the left arm has this sort of reminiscent of the mom tattoo, the ideological left in terms of governments are for people that want a nurturing government to take care of everything for them and do everything for them. They want government to be their big mommy. Whereas the right side wants a government to be their big daddy who protects them and leaves them alone. 
So I think that that's part of the symbolism here too, is like, (laughs) I was asking, where's the, uh, where's the echidna? Where's the mother of monsters? Maybe that's a symbol of the, uh, the dark ma here with this little clip. Yeah, buddy. Good call, man. Yeah. Uh, We also have the Baphometic, you know, above and below one hand up, the masculine hand up, the feminine hand down. Uh, Because he's got the hammer on the right and the sickle on the left. Nice. And earlier we were talking about with the brain and everything, how they're showing the division of the sides um, of, you know, human beings energetically, um, them dividing it. So that's interesting, too. Like, usually lately they've been all about the feminine so the fact that it's dropped is and is interesting. Yeah. Uh, so we could kind of uh, indicate we could see that we're going into the fall, like we're we're on the downfall here. We're probably in September uh, on the timeline. Oh, his teeth are like a city skyline. Wow! Mm. Very cool. Very yeah, cool. that's a good weave. I that think Teth. I, I think Teth, which means serpent, but sounds like tooth. I think it's on the lust card, which is the, uh, Leo the lion, which was kind of messed around with uh, with the Crowley deck. But yeah, I think we're going from August into September. Uh, might be what some of these symbols are telling us. <laughs> so tomorrow, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, it's very on point. For right. Sure. Apropos, for sure. It's kind of creepy, too, because the scythe kind of looks like, you know, like maybe where the moon is right now. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's exactly where it is right now. You're so right. I think Teth goes to the Wheel of Fortune card. Okay. Okay. Which Wheel of Fortune card I, I put in, you know, in October or in Libra, but I think it's even more perfect to say it's like the equinox i think it's uh signifies the equinox i could be getting that wrong by the way i want someone in the chat to verify for me i mean because it's mostly the crowley deck or like golden dawn that would have uh the hebrew letters on it i don't have all that memorized but i really like that view of caracas skyline his teeth i tell you that's venezuela yeah that's interesting Oh, wow. That's nice. Very nice. So yeah, Caracas is, uh, oh man, that's going to come up later. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Great, great addition. We'll probably put a pin in that and bring it back up in a minute. So in terms of sky clock, I don't know if we were doing this in the previous one, but if you were saying that that is Virgo, this could be the Libra moment. Because right. she's like, you know, wanting justice or whatever. Right. And then at the beginning, they have the, the yin-yang there. And then it dissolves. Dissolving the yin-yang. Okay. Right. So again, trying to meld the two into one or erase the duality of but the white dot is actually outside. There's a white dot yeah, outside of it. Super weird. It's like yes. a it's like a yin yang, uh-huh. but with both sides white. 
<laughs> it is weird. Okay, so the seed has been removed. This, I think, might have to do with uh, removing masculinity so that you can infiltrate. uh, You have to remove the men from society so you can just steamroll in to the territory. And if the men have given up, uh, then everybody's fucked. Then you better wave the white flag, and that probably won't even do you any good. Yeah. That's what I think I see with the with that one seed being removed. And it, then the the uh, mountain or rocks or whatever they look like ribs. So that's interesting with what you're saying, um, considering you know yeah. the Genesis story. Right, and we're in a carcass. We're in a Caracas. We're in a carcass right now. And uh, don't you have a weave about? The oh yeah, because yeah, these are ribs, right? And it also has yep. like a phallic kind of feel to them too. Yes, this and, is the carcass of the masculine. Oh yeah, yeah. I think maybe good point. In uh, like Norse mythology, the masculine would be the frozen energy too. Yeah. And uh, don't you have a weave about the Ying Yang River? <laughs> I don't. Maybe, maybe some. Other, maybe I just lost it. I thought when, <laughs> like, it was a while ago. It was when we first decided to do this project. You talked about. Uh, I'll try to dig it out of the telly, but uh, there, that there were tanks crossing over the Ying Yang River. Oh, or is it the Yangtze River? Yangtze was that it? Yeah. Okay. So the Yang Sea, these tanks are going over the Yin Yang, and the seed of the Yang has been removed right here. That's crazy. I'm going to try to dig that out. Maybe I'll forward it to the uh, Vibrant Telly. Because, yeah, that's yeah, a big. Good, good idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I read the Heliophant's, like, official statement on this, on the, on this project, which was probably written by an AI. <laughs> I, don't think it was, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it was written by the, you know, the real artists. But it said, like, uh, it was so benign and, like, you, your classic, like, uh, uh, plausible deniability statement. They're like, you know, a lot of this is just... Uh, I don't know where the art comes from and it doesn't have probably doesn't mean anything. And maybe we won't find out for days or weeks. Uh, you know, maybe the meaning of the art will uh, fulfill itself over time. Yeah. That's so, weird. Yeah. It was so <laughs> blase. Uh, they didn't give you much to chew on. That's for sure. Uh, which is funny. It's like a, if they did give you too much to chew on, would people even read it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. has to be, uh, processable within a couple paragraphs maximum. And if you don't really know what you know what it means, you're not going to be like, well, maybe we'll find out. Like you're just going to be like, I don't know what it means. Like you know, like some gobbledygook. <laughs> what up, Josh? Hail Joshua. Meow. Sorry, guys. I tried to get away from my trivia group, but they got a little bit aggressive when I told them I had to leave. <laughs> They're like, That's how, you can't so leave. Well, there were only three of us tonight. Trivia? No, it was just like normal trivia. And uh told them I had to go because I had something to do. And they're like, you can't abandon us. We're 
doing well. Anyway, I'm here now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's like a weekly thing, so I guess they kind of take it personally. They're very competitive. I'm the I'm the Aries. I would want you on so my team too. They're they're not even air, they're not even fire signs. It was a Cancer and a Virgo for crying out loud. Oh, well, they're moons, of course they're sensitive. <laughs> yeah. So we placed uh, fourth. So nice. Anyway, so I I, I'd be, actually spent um, I spent a few minutes previewing everything, so I feel like I'm kind of caught up though. By the way, nice dude. So one thing I think is uh, possibly going on here, this line of tanks makes me think of basically like the emission of semen towards the, like the egg or the ovum. And that part of the revolution that is being fought here symbolically is like the feminine saying, no, I don't want that role, if you will. That uh, that's one of the things that's been done more powerfully since this came out to now is like even more fanaticism about like the rejection of what is, uh, you know, the birth process. And like, you're right. You're right to do things to unborn babies or or whatever. Yeah, that's interesting, especially since only one of them has a green light and then the rest of them have red lights. So like only and then only one they only showed one pass through into that little ball of light. I also think that because of like this sort of splatter here. Yeah. Can I uh, a little leave on this? Yeah. Can I leave yes, on Joshua. this for a moment? Um I do agree it's obviously a yin yang thing, but I think that it's also a subtle heliophant logo. Because what is their logo? The eclipse with a big sun orb and a little moon or earth. So if you look at it, it's really from this perspective that I'm looking at it right now, it clearly is a heliophant logo um, to me, but I also think it's a yin yang. But one thing I wanted to point out in the last frame, just a moment before this, the girl's wearing a, like a leather jacket and on the back of it, she happens to have a tiger. Um, this year happens to be year of the water tiger in Chinese, I think. So um, even though this was back in 2012, this is what, 20 years old now? Yeah. So it's like, tw- or excuse me, 10 years later, we have a uh, year of the t- tiger. So I think some of the things that are in this were for future things like real far because we're not back when I was researching this I thought her to be Angelina Jolie or something and I can't remember why exactly she was doing something with tigers or has a tiger tattoo or something I don't know yes I I heard that also yeah but she she was very politically active yeah and politically active specifically in Cambodia because that's where one of her kids is from Cambodia and it would kind of be, I mean, I don't know, they're not Chinese, but I mean, the year the water tiger jives even with her a little bit there. Cause so, um, now another thing is that on her face, she had a few things drawn like anti nuclear. There was like a nuclear symbol with a line through it. 
So like anti-nuclear proliferation, perhaps. Uh, and then she had another thing. I can't remember what it was. Um, maybe if you scroll hard? back, it's like a second or two back, maybe. But yeah, I think it's like a heart. And the heart shows up so many times in this. Um, but uh, so there's a, a historical precedent for the standing off against tanks. And that was what, during the, was it late 80s or in the 90s? And, um, yeah, the Tiananmen Square Tiananmen standoff. Tiananmen Square, there we go. 1989. And, that was the week okay. I was born. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe that's you in, <laughs> down there with the... Well, yeah. I used to kind of have a jacket like that. <laughs> I'm also born in 89. I guess Tiananmen cool Square guy. took place just a little bit after I was born, less than a month after I was born. Yeah. Well, you see, then this is this could be a generational kind of thing because it, like I said, it just seems like this was done with that in mind. You know, like this wasn't just about 2012. I think this is about things to come. I never really noticed until now, but it looks like there's a splash. I might have been what you guys were talking about with the semen, but yeah. Uh, I see it. Yeah, it does look what? like a messy. It looks like it in the yeah. shadow. Yeah, that it one, comes out of. Yeah, one of them has the Mickey Mouse logo, the the Triune. Uh, you know. Oh uh, yeah. The, okay. So better explain that <laughs> real yes. quick. So yeah, the Mickey Mouse logo is uh, it's a castration scar. Um, when you do a. Uh, Yep. When you do the chop chop, there are essentially, you know, three uh, lobes, lobes, three flesh chambers that that generate the uh, the anatomical uh, cross section of the penis. And so the uh, Mickey Mouse, MK Mickey Mouse mind control uh, programming logo indicates castration it is the castration scar so there is that for sure and one more point here is um the tiananmen square events are actually uh a very hot uh hidden handela effect uh uh keystone of history like many people believe that the man who stood down the tanks with his little bag of groceries that he survived and he ended up jumping on top of the tank and and telling the guys off inside the tank. There's footage of that. But then other people swear that the dude got ran over and that people had to come and save him and drag him off. And he wishes he had never done it. So there are two, it's a a point of divergence uh, that moment in history. Some people remember, remember it one way, other people remember it the other way in you could probably bet that entire government agencies are invested in uh, fostering the two different stories for different reasons. You know, for them to have one man stand down a whole line of tanks, that cannot happen. They can't have that be how history reflects the events of that day. So many millions of dollars have probably been spent to generate both sides of that potential narrative. and. And here she. I wonder if it's like A B testing that they do with advertisement. They like you know they release one version of the ad to some people, and then the other version to other people, and they're like, okay, how did they react? What what was more effective? Right. 
And then, yes, and different echo chambers get different versions of it throughout for the rest of their lives. It, meaning, like, uh, uh, they're making, uh, they're manifesting parallel realities, you know? Hey, Joshua, can I ask for a little mute uh, whenever not talking? Thank you, brother. We want you to talk a lot, but just make sure you do that for the background noise. <laughs> I wish I could get everybody fancy microphones and studio space. Um. Oh. Yeah, so death taps are on the shoulder. I thought the uh, tiger shark comment, by the way, was really interesting from uh, Bill. Yeah, both those two comments you last shared, those were really good. Because he says tiger sharks are notorious for no discernment in what they eat. All kinds of junk found in their stomach. Virgo is about the stomach and using discernment. Yeah, and that relates us to goats as well. A water tiger shark, yeah. (laughs) Water tiger shark, they're in ice, which is water. Can you rewind it just for a moment? Because watch his ring finger. It, I never noticed this till just now. I think it's because you're watching it in such high quality. I maybe never picked up on some of these things. But notice that his ring shines or something glimmers there. Like it looks like he has a yeah. diamond ring on his left hand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, right there, the diamond ring is symbolic of an eclipse. Because when an eclipse occurs, a phenomenon known as the Bailey's bead uh, flashes, and that's the Heliophant logo again. So there on his finger is the Heliophant logo taking place within the Heliophant symbol right there. Right. And, so and then it's, weird. yeah, on his left hand again. So that's kind of like nodding, like that wink and nod thing that you were talking about before. Like, oh, you know, we're going to put this out there Um saying what's going on and then that's our wink and nod and then we're going to receive diamonds from that like just like in the beginning we're receive money um from that kind of thing it also makes me think of uh uh cecil rhodes uh who took over rhodesia you know infiltrating africa so that he can monopolize on all the diamond trade uh and it turns out diamonds are not nearly as rare as we were led to believe originally and that they stockpile the shit out of those things uh, just to control the rarity and the market value of the diamonds. Uh, yeah. And Cecil Rhodes, he created, uh, when he died, he created seven wills. Some of them are hidden uh, and uh, generated what's called the circle is uh, the secret society that uh, ate all the other secret societies slowly over time. Mm. So this is a really important aspect of, uh, you know, conspiratorial uh, culture is to know that the Masons were probably started out with uh, well-intending in the very beginning and that the Jesuits came along, uh, you know, with the skull and bones, and then they appropriated the Masonic agenda. So it all became a lot of the offshoots like that, I think, come from the Masonic panic, if you will, kind of like the satanic panic. But that there was like anti-Mason parties and stuff being formed because, yeah, uh, 
good intentions or not, they did have a huge start wielding a huge power differential in politics. I mean, they had from the beginning of the country, but people started to get it. Yes. Yep. They caught on. Uh, So then, yeah. So then the Jesuits ate the Masons and then Le Cercle ate the Jesuits. Uh, So there's like, uh, there's just points in history where, you know, the commander of the ship uh, has been hijacked. We'll say so. Le Circle, that's the circle. So that's the yes. Ouroboros that's eating its tail, what you're talking about right there. Yes. I've never heard of that before. That's that's provocative. Thank you. Yeah, and it's also, it's distinctly French. Le Circle. <laughs> Le Circle. Yeah, all right, cool. Yep. Oh, yeah. it, uh, it, here in this scene, by the way, we see fireworks. And it kind of, he's got like this party favor in his mouth so it almost makes and with the snow which too, is also very almost, like serpentine has like a new year's kind of feel to it for some reason well yeah. i think it's because what is i'm starting to think that first of all i have some thoughts but like what do you guys think this character who do you think this character is you mean like a human in our contemporary time or well, no. Well, like, who does this character symbolize, or like, what? What is he? Who is he? Do we have any thoughts on that? Death card. Yeah, clearly that would be. Yeah. What I would say death. Yeah, he's I a joy for some and a terror for others. <laughs> yeah, you're right, yeah. right. Depends on your yeah. perspective, I guess. I think we're at like halfway point of the video. If you look, the cursor here is right above the play. So this, he's like appearing yeah. at the halfway point. Interesting. So. We just had the Heliophant logo, Helios, the sun. I think there could be an argument to be made that this is representative of, or that like, you know, this whole thing is the story of the sun, but there's a a couple of, like the sun has multiple characters that it plays throughout the year. Oh, I see. Well, he'd be like the Saturn then maybe because he's the bones. All right. I think this is the sun in winter in particular. The winter sun. Yeah. There's other January. reasons to believe this. He's got uh, <laughs> the top hat. He's at the top. Uh, he's got a corona behind his head. Yeah, right? I was gonna talk about that a little bit. He's uh-huh. got yeah. a daisy in his hat. The daisy, uh, the word comes from day's eye. The sun is the day's eye. It's called that because it's got these rays coming off of it from the yellow. Middle part. Oh, nice. That's so he, his head is the Heliophant logo <laughs> with the daisy is the little yeah. one. The, so the That's day's crazy. eye here is missing some of its petals, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Ref- right. Maybe showing us that it's like a segment of the year. She loves me. Right. She loves me not. The That's party favor being a, a new year celebration. Then in the way it's reckoned now, the new year does begin in winter. Uh, that also about the day's eye, just something I've mentioned before, but that word, I, I was spelled in old English the way that we spell the word eight now, but just without the T. So to say something, to call it the day's eye is also like calling it the, the day's eight in a sense. And I think the reason for that uh, co- correlation between day's eye or the sun, which is day or days, day, deus. These are all words for the solar God as well. And the eight is the analemma, 
the shape the sun makes in the sky. So there's interesting connection to the word eight and I that is overlooked because we don't spell things the same way anymore. It's kind of funny that you say that because when you say the day eight and then, um, but like when we first were pointing out the section is missing, I was like, oh, it kind of looks like a Pac-Man. Like, just kind of funny. But I was going to bring up how also it looks like a an aster as well behind him, which is sometimes a symbol of death. And then I just looked it up quick in my little um, flower book. The Chinese aster especially is uh, meant for afterthought, which is interesting since it's behind his head. But then it says the wild daisy um, is I will think of it, which is on top of its head. So nice. I love the, I love flower coating. It, it 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 hits really hard for me. It seems the language of the flowers. I, I like agree. That's so, literally the name of this book. <laughs> oh, sweet, sweet. So yeah, uh, so she's waving the white flag, right? And he's a white skeleton. Uh, all of these are like winter. Definitely all the winter signs and signals are in play here. I think we got, you know, the Dios los Muertos uh, embodied by this guy. But then, of course, I mean, I know we're all going to say it, but he's the celebratory fireworks uh, are going to be like they look like the the, uh, the coronavirus, you know, those exosomes. That's it. Well, the, the Dia de los Muertos is also like saying God of the dead. Yes. It's Day of the dead, but it's also saying God of the dead. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. And then he's got a cape and a top hat like he's a magician. So it's like the death card and the magician card at the same time. Right. Yep. It made me think of Crowley. Well, the red cape definitely has a magician feel to it. Oh, yeah. Magi, which is... Also uh, feel like there's a sort of Creole, like New Orleans type magic to it. And I know you've done a lot of work on that part of the territories. Yeah. Yeah. We're coming right through, uh, you know, we roll out of October uh, into November, which I tie that to the Magi card. And then, yeah, here comes the exploding coronaviruses. The thing in his mouth is also red and white striped. That has a lot of significance to it, but also kind of makes me think of a candy cane, (laughs) which is a symbol given to winter now, but. Yeah, that's uh, Vatican colors for sure. Uh, somebody in the chat called him Baron Saturday, but I think it's Baron Samadhi. But uh, he's also goes by the uh, name Papa Leg Legba, I think. If that's you're talking about the Creole voodoo type. Oh entity. yes, yes. He's like the father archetype of voodoo, I think. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that interesting? Because Trump's son is named Baron, like Baron. Mm. Oh, they put more in the chat there. Yeah. 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 So uh, uh, in my territories work, it's uh, the devil card falls on New Orleans uh, after we cross over the solstice. Uh, 
So yeah, we're coming, we're coming up on it. It's got all the ingredients. We're rolling right into the thick of the winter. That is well, so interesting that the voodoo god of death has the same word in his name as Samadhi, the Vedic word, which is like powers. Powers of death. <laughs> uh, I really get this vibe here that he has a wedding ring on. So he could also be coming to take his bride, who's death's bride. Um, it could be the 144,000 kind of thing again, too. Like, so I don't know. It doesn't look like a good thing, obviously. But there is this celebratory thing. And like something like the rapture does occur at a you know high-intensity moment, too. So... You know, I don't know. There's some there's a few directions to take there. But for me, this is one of the more powerful scenes. Totally. And I really think it's the one that's unfolding now, like dark winter. Excuse me. Oh, no, you're good. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, And look at this the way that sorry, I just interrupted you. (laughs) I'm only going to say one thing. Look at how this thing pops out like an injection. Body sovereignty. Oh, what are the, I know that we're just kind of calling it a party favor or whatever, but that might be a clue too. like, what is that called? Um, well, hold on. Let's get Andy's thought that I just totally cut off. Oh, um, yeah. Going back to the marriage thing at the beginning, that was a woman's hands and she also had a wedding ring, but it was a, a dollar sign and it was the, um, it oh, was Draco. Draco's hands but like they were women's hands. So that's it. That's like, you know, like a gay marriage thing, which like, I don't know. It just, it seems like it's a reference to gay marriage is like in a way. So, um, like death and the devil marriage, like, but it, not to say that gay people are the devil or anything, but right, right. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's interesting that that's a man and then this is also, like, looks like a man. But it could be a woman because we don't know because it's a skeleton. So, right. So, well, uh, it's a diamond ring, too. So that's also Aries, but also an eclipse. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I looked it up and they call that thing that he's got in his mouth a party horn oh, or a party okay. pipe. Has a lot of names, actually. Okay. Interesting. But yeah. it's interesting that it's made usually from a paper tube. Uh, they might call it a party snake as well. But the mm. fact that it's a party pipe, that makes me think of the whole Baron Saturday thing, too, or Samedi. That has got to be a symbol that is in the mix here. Wait a second. Yeah. Saturday, is the Saturday thing an actual thing, or are we just saying that? Because... Like, is he also known as that? I think so. Yeah, Baron Saturday came Whoa. up with Baron Samedi <laughs> when I typed yeah, in Saturday, okay. Baron Saturday. Yeah. I did not know that. That's kind of strange. It's also Samdi or Sanamdi. Hard, hard word to say. Well, feels very Saturnian. <laughs> Whatever it is. Baron Lacroix, which is the cross, or Baron Criminel. Yes. So we did a show on Tomb Raider 
quite a while ago, quite a few months ago, uh, Rachel and I were on uh, the one-on-one podcast and we did a decode on Tomb Raider. And uh, we put Angelina Jolie very firmly in uh, uh, archetype of Artemis, the uh, the Huntress, and uh, and I think it has a very strong relationship to Sagittarius. Uh, so we're getting a lot of these winter uh, ingredients uh, lining up for a lot of consistency. What's Guys, this, this is the symbol in voodoo for this guy. Yo, that. Looks very Judeo-Christian. Yeah. The yeah, sign for Christ is an X. So, yeah. and that's also a sun, yeah. a sun, sun symbol, and it's also the female of the X and Y, which I think that uh, I think occultly the sun being feminine is pretty accurate, honestly. And you got There's like a- Aries-looking glyphs shooting off the base, which are also flowers, of course. But yeah, oh, good call. Yeah. Four of them. A lot of four pointed stars, which we actually are going to see later on. The four pointed uh-huh. star, which is a cross symbol as That's well. It's also like a Globus Crucifer or Calvary, Ooh. where the uh, where I wonder how many triangles are in this thing. I could decode. Oh, yeah. This is kind of yeah. getting us outside of decoding <laughs> iPad Goat, but like Let's this. Well, not if the skeleton dude is the father of the Christ figure that we see. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. kind of Which is the way too. it would be if it's the sun because the, you know, yeah. the, the yeah, spring, like, look, look, the ram, the vernal solid. comes after the winter sun. The spring sun comes after the winter sun. Aries represent. Yeah. So, uh, so, I mean, there's so many things all at once. <laughs> the, uh, these coffins, I just learned from Marty Leeds, give thanks and praise. There is in the sign of Ophiuchus, which is stationed right between Scorpio and Sagittarius, there is a, a smaller constellation within the constellation called the Coffin. The body of Ophiuchus is often referred to as the Coffin. So I think what we're getting here is like, for those who practice voodoo, their New Year's, their beginning, their most, their, their, uh, most important holiday, is right there between uh, October and November with where Ophiuchus's heel is being pierced on the tail of the scorpion. So having these Aries, which is the spring equinox, having the Aries brought down uh, and indicated with this uh, crossing on, that's the day that JFK died. The heel of Ophiuchus initiates the five degrees of Ophiuchus on the day that JFK died the day that the king fell uh that's the king under the horseman of the death card uh so yeah it's a lot of interesting ophiuchus symbology is like you know if voodoo had a christmas it would be a uh, halloween may i comment because uh ophiuchus is a term is a uh, title excuse me it simply means serpent bearer and so not only is the figure there in the coffin, but that's also a Shippolis, which is the son of Apollo. He is actually the figure that's bearing the serpent. So a Shippolis is Ophiuchusine, <laughs> is in the act of Ophiuchusine. You mean as, you uh, Asclepius? Yeah, there we go. And so that rod we see 
the World Health Organization symbol, uh, that is his rod, which is so that symbol is symbolic of the serpent bearer. So you're saying that which is also maybe more symbolic of actual medicine and not also the trickery side, which the mercury caduceus represents. Okay, well, there you go. Um, Now, one more thing about that is that uh, there's two allusions to Christ. Um, So in the desert, they gazed upon the brazen serpent to be saved because they were being plagued by the fiery serpents. And then later in John, Christ refers to himself uh, being raised up on the cross, um, just like the serpent was raised up in the wilderness referencing that very act and what did we call this thing in the mouth a party snake so yeah, there's yeah. a snake, snake. <laughs> so his his sigil and that snake kind of jive there too because the coffin with a snake on it would be just like a shipless or however you pronounced his name so uh yeah that's pretty cool man <laughs> Oh yeah, the Nescafe commercial, man. That was crazy. The Nescafe commercial was crazy. That was a gift from uh Mario Garza. Big love Mario. Uh that, well, that was a JFK thing. That was the first commercial that played after the assassination. Yeah, where they dangle a spoon. There's a clock first in the background hypnotizing you, and then they come in with a spoon and double hypnotize you. And then there's a huge, crazy anagram in uh, Nescafe Instant Coffee is like an anagram for uh, uh, 15 con Satan feces. And 15 is the devil card. Uh, And yeah, that was a crazy. That's on my channel. I did a a breakdown of the Nescafe commercial. I kind of scared myself with that one. But yeah, uh, Nescafe commercial. Everybody should just look that up for yourself and put it in your database. And every time for the rest of history, when you see a coffee cup getting stirred and somebody tapping the spoon on the glass, that is a hail back to that monumental moment to that uh, that trauma program when we all got mind controlled uh, after JFK died. And look at the logo for Nescafe. The N looks like a rifle. The N makes a rifle with the bullet coming out of the end of the N that is the rifle uh, at the Nescafe logo. And N is Aleph in Hebrew. So it is initiation. (laughs) You're being initiated by the N of the Nescafe rifle. Do you think it's possible that commercial was actually the trigger for the murderer? Like his MK Ultra trigger was that commercial? That could be why it seems so strange. Maybe it really did trigger him. But anyway, yeah, we're getting off topic. Yeah, that's kind of in the weeds. We have some stuff to do here. It's highly probable. Oh, right, right. I don't so, know. Yeah. That whole story is so convoluted in multiple streams of information given. All I know is it's clearly a psyop. Yeah, yeah. So it also feels like it's something that they just gave a lot of info about that all conflicted with itself and they've kept us talking about it even till now. So there's a, it's amazing. Is there there anything visible in her eyes? I know it's probably just the skeleton dude, but like I figured since you have such high resolution, you might be able to see something in her eyes that I might've missed. 
because I, I missed a lot like of the a small crescent. details like that. It honestly looks like a moon reflecting in her eyes. Uh, to me, on the fully high res, like this also, looks kind of like a crescent. Also, she's got a, it's a scythe upside down. The whites of her eyes, both of them are sickles or scythes. Oh, yeah. Just like uh, with the Venezuelan guy, like almost the exact same position. Yep. And she's got like, uh, the, the dirt on her face. Those almost look like islands to me. I couldn't. I couldn't oh, yeah. What they might be, but like Guam. Uh, that style of eye makeup is that a cat eye? Because she's wearing a tiger on her jacket, so that's like reminds me kind of cat eyes too. So maybe some. I was thinking there's definitely an Egyptian feel to the way she's Mm -hmm. her makeup is depicted. Oh, guys, that heart is actually foreshadowing a scene that's going to come up later. The the little heart on her cheek, uh, the, yeah, this makes her kind of like the maiden because here in oh, just a second the crone we're about to see the crone. So she reverts the, back to maiden status because she becomes fertile again. Right, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, of so of the three fates, I think this makes her Clotho. Holy cow! This makes her Clotho is the youngest of the three fates. It's Clotho is the youngest, Lachesis is the middle aged, and then Atropos the, the is mother. the mother. The elder. The middle is the mother. Yeah. And one so, holding the dead child. Right. So she's Clotho because she's waving a cloth. The the white flag that she's waving is Clotho. The weaver. She's waving. The weaver is waving. Totally could also, uh could also be peace getting removed from the earth, possibly as well. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I think of this also as uh, she is the spirit of the 60s, right? Then back in the 60s, they were out marching, waving flags, peace, love and hippiness. Well, now the, they've uh, they've militarized the rainbows, you know, and the, now the rainbows are the Rambos that are going to go marching for, for the cause. <laughs> the, the, OK, we are finding the I. There, we, if we're decoding the three fates, we're finding the echidna for sure. <laughs> because oh, I heard you Moi, say that earlier. Moirai, the Moirai, the, the fates, they are definitely a trinity, right? Like a trimurti trinity, but this is pure goddess trinity. And it is kind of pure communism in a sense, the idea of the three fates being like, if your Trinity is the three faiths and that's your faith in terms of a religious hierarchy, uh, and that's what you worship or believe in. One of them is allotment. <laughs> what do commies do? They allot to you. And this is three goddesses, right? Triple goddess instead of, you know, an actual family. This is rulership. This is ruled by women. This is the t- tyrannical feminine rulership, if you will. Uh, goddess cults in general, I think are. Behind a lot of, I think there's a major thread of goddess cults currently, and maybe for a long time, pulling strings, female Illuminati, whatever you want to call it. There's an echidna on every street corner. The Starbucks logo <laughs> is huge. <laughs> great, great call. I mean, yeah. one is one is Atropos, which is basically death, and means unturnable. 
Yeah. Right. So like you can't change their mind. You don't get to, you can't, I don't know. That's communism. You get what you get basically. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so man, there is so much here. So she's got the three, the, the nuclear sign on her cheek, right? That's the Hecate, the three part. It's also mean. three upside down triangles, which is like triple uh-huh. goddess again. The family, yeah. <clears throat> that trinity too. Yeah. Yes. Well, like when you said it looks like islands, and then I think about um when the North Korea stuff was going on, and uh, they were saying they're gonna go after Guam or whatever. That's kind of what that, like this island, the island right by our nose. Kind I'd of say that's your that. guys are right. It's probably some type of prophetic island deal. Yeah. yeah. Nice catch, guys. Yeah. Well, yeah, and they even called the experiments for fake nuclear explosions the Trinity experiments. Mm-hmm. What's Taiwan oh. look like? Because that's kind of hot right now where, I mean, they might be marching on them soon. So, uh, year of the water tiger, I mean, that would kind of be relevant over there. Uh, so, maybe if looking at that in Taiwan... There's also the forehead, like you said. So, you know what Taiwan's flag looks like? I'm not certain. I feel like it's appropriate to show. Let me get a big image of it. I'll just bring it up. So, just to kind of. Oh, wow. Yeah. Red, white. And Taiwan even has Twa, which is three, kind of encoded into it, in my opinion. Yeah, three colors. Does Guam have one of the. Pull up the Guam flag just to see. Never even yeah. thought about it. <laughs> That's definitely a helium fish. Yeah, exactly. There's a big effing sun. Yeah, twelve pointed star reduces to a three. The one to the two is the J to the B is the initiation of the standards <laughs> of the metrics of the matrix. Uh, you know, one more thing on this tripartite symbol. That's also the Hegelian dialectic is uh I, I was talking about this this morning over on uh uh the occult rejects channel uh, and the fact that the hegel is where religion and state are forever indelibly married together you can no longer separate religion and government because hegel fused them into one and uh problem reaction solution uh Thesis, synthesis, antithesis, all of those tripartite ingredients are forever bound. You cannot divorce them. So uh, state is the religion. Thank you, Hegel. Well, I don't know if it's Hegel's fault so much as that he pointed out what it already was. Right, right. But you got to like, you got to get your head around him to see how it's been harnessed. You're right. It's probably not his fault. His name gets dragged through the mud a lot. We should probably be grateful that he pointed it out. Yeah, I think maybe he helped us more than hurt us. I think uh, the problem is when somebody observes reality and puts philosophical, credible information out, it can be used either direction by either side. I think most, honestly, I think most of Hegel's bad name comes from the way his work was used in people that claimed his name as an inspiration or that they were furthering his work rather than anything he specifically did. 
Agreed. But uh, that's another in the weeds. Let's uh, <laughs> watch Sleep Sailor Christos here. Kind of bobbing and jamming his head. Looks like somebody who's having fitful sleep. Some rapid eye movement going on. Want to say anything about this part? It's kind of got symbolism that we've already broken down and we're just sort of seeing some plot advancement yeah. in terms of his story. Going through I'm the sure if we really, really just stared at the clouds or something for like four hours tripping or something, we would see all kinds of shit. Some <laughs> alterations to share. Yeah. Uh, well, this can relate to your guys' moon night stuff perhaps a little bit. That is uh, what you would call a bark of heaven. And so sometimes we'll see like a lion standing in it, surfing through the night sky. And so that was, uh, was it Ra's boat? I think that travel, he travels in his bark of heaven. Right. And so and after again, Seth is defeated, he actually defends the bark. Which Seth's head is at the, uh, what is that? I can't remember the front, <laughs> what the front of the boat's called, the stern, maybe. Um, so at the head of the ship, you'll see uh, Anubis's head. And so I think that this shows a victory over death, first of all. And uh, yes, he's asleep. Um, but then, of course, he wakes up. And of course, we note that there's a capstone on his forehead. Um, so. This kind of goes back because even in Egyptian, there's the lore that uh, there was a first a mound of earth out of the abyss of water, the noon. And then atop that, um, uh, the first, like this bird landed on it and gave out a great cry. And that's also like the first altar of sacrifice upon which the lamb was slain at the foundation of the earth. So it's pretty cool that we see this pyramid symbolism with him being the lamb. Uh, and then right after this, the pyramids show up again, which there's three of them. So that'd be like an Orion thing, too. So I think this is very strongly raw symbolism here. Um, and again, with it being a heliophant, you know, makes kind of good sense there. And the heart shows up again on his chest. Uh, now, right after this, fish jump up into his boat, which we know that. Christ was associated with the fishes. He split fishes and shared them among the people. That was one of the miracles. Um, it was also customary for Christians to draw the Vesica Pisces fish when they met another Christian. Um, that goes back to like Fomohaut and Aquarius, you know, those sorts of things. Um, I do find it interesting that he's redheaded here because that's supposed to be like a, you know, Celtic, um, RH negative kind of thing. And of course, lastly, we see the barbed wire on his forehead that uh, dissolves and that's when he wakes up. So it's like he has some type of um, boundaries or limitations placed on his waking state, I guess you could say. But yeah, for me, that was a really loaded uh scene because right after this when he wakes up is when you know the churches and stuff start to crumble destruction begins when he wakes up yeah i didn't mean to drop the mic guys no that's no, that's, that's absolutely beautiful I, 
Chance, I just shot you something in the Telegram. I'm doing like doing my homework last minute here on the fly. <laughs> but pop quiz time. <laughs> yeah. Last week we talked about we brought this up already, but I just wanted to like take it to a new level because <laughs> it's so crazy. So I've discovered last week, thank you, Marty Leeds, once again, that uh, there is a connection of these three constellations. The Argo Novus is a boat. Next to it is uh, Canis Major is the dog. And then below that is, uh, is the dove, which is called Columba. And so you put the three together, you get Christopher Columbus, because St. Christopher was a dog-headed saint that brought the uh, that brought the Gospels over the water. He carried the Christ over the water. So he's a dog-headed saint, often depicted with a dog, very symbolic of Anubis. All of this is in the Southern Hemisphere. These constellations are down in the Southern Hemisphere. So it's the, the bark. That's a dog barking, <laughs> right, Josh? Uh, Anubis rides on that skiff, that bark, uh, in the underworld. Bark uh, of the moon, man. Yep. And so what I've taken this to the next level. So we have Christ. St. Christopher is the dog-headed saint uh, next to a boat in the bloodline of David. That's the dove in uh, Col- the Columba, the column. And so here we have all of those ingredients going in the underworld. This Anubis-headed uh, boat, that's Canis on the front of, uh, the, of Argo the constellation Argo, going down in the underworld. So what I want to point out here is that these are the ingredients of the Messiah. You know, uh, back in the day, St. Christopher was, you know, the Messiah. And then you have the Christ, uh, the psychopomp, uh, the who's going to carry you across the, the waters, the troubled waters, is, is a Messiah. Yeah, Charon, the ferryman. Right. And guess what? It turns out, Adolf is another messiah with the same ingredients. I did a breakdown with uh, one-on-one in the guys about werewolves, and I discovered that Adolf's name is a twilight encode for the head wolf, the wolf head, Ed Ulf. Ulf in Norse means wolf. Uh, Dolph, the alpha it's- dolphin. Yes, the head, the head, the alpha dog, alpha dog. He was the head dog. And so Adolf's name was a a messiah for the Germans of the Nazis of of his own time. Uh, Whatever that whole thing was really about. I'm not getting into that. I'm just saying Adolf was wearing this mantle of the St. Christopher who had the wolf's head in the Bellamy salute that the, the that the Nazis were doing. That's called um, the Roman salute is another name for the Sig Heil that they were doing. Oh, is that why they used the uh, eagle? Roman like founded Roman by wolf, too? wolf brothers. Yeah, good yes. chance. Yeah. And, and they did borrow that eagle. So, yeah, that's, that's man. They were really that, a problem it, of things. The wolf being now associated here with the bark and the ferryman crossing the river, the water. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more we could dig into about this, but and maybe I'll try to find old notes I have on it. But the uh, wolf is 
flow backwards, which is what the river does. <laughs> river is the only word in septenary or in any only word that I know of in septenary gematria that is five, 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 every letter. And it is a five, hmm. which is Horus is associated with five as well. Uh, lupus is also philologically deeply connected to the idea of looping or yes. running. So yes. like Laub, I believe is a word for in German for like running and Good rivers call. and waters flow, or you could say they're running. Yeah. In these and it's also connected to the word Volp, which is yeah. Fox, but a Fox is kind of like, you know, wolf adjacent. Yeah. Yeah. And these constellations are deeply Southern. They're, they're far South. They're not just in the South. They are, uh, very close to the uh, uh, Sigma Octantis, the southern pole star. And so the southern say, cross, too. Yeah, buddy. Wow. Yep. So to say that they go into the underworld for part of the year is literal. They're not lying. That's, that's kind of the weird thing about finding out that these myths and these stories are embodied in the heavens. It almost like we were saying about pulling a prank. Uh, in the end, you have to give a revelation. Well, the revelation of finding out that these stories are literally truthful and factual to the heavens means that they can use them as a framework to say that was never a lie. And that's the revelation of the method to be like, oh, fuck, there really is a dog headed fucking dude who goes crossing through the abyss uh, on an annual basis. So. Uh, I just thought I'd throw all that together here because, uh, yeah, turns out Adolf, St. Christopher, uh, Christ, and Christopher Columbus are all ones, one in the same in the heavens. Well, consider this then, that uh, Orion, the Canis Major and Minor, are his hunting dogs. So Christopher, the dog, you see what I mean? Like... That that's a really weird connection to be making because uh, Boutez is usually accompanying Orion as well as a huntsman or fellow harvester or shepherd. Anyway, I see there's a comment here. Yeah. Excuse me. And then you can tie that uh, back into uh, Lepus, which was at the beginning with the uh, oh, yeah. rabbit on the wall, and um, that's at the feet there of Orion. So. Oh, cool. Thanks. And uh, the buck moon was the full moon we had in July, by the way. The Lepus moon, I guess, would be that one. Hey, speak of the Marty, and he appears. Hey, Marty. What's up, man? What's up, Marty? Lupus supple. Yeah, that's a great anagram. Perfect. That's exactly. Rivers bend and move easily and gracefully. Yes. Another thing for Orion. Uh, Orion, I'm pretty sure that constellation to the Egyptians was considered to be Osiris. That's and typically, it, yeah. It, it's not a stretch with uh, philology to bring Orion actually to Elion or Elio, which would be like Helios. <laughs> Basically, just a few swaps, like vowels interchange between languages, even between people who speak the same language, depending on what region you're in. So. In my opinion, it's fair game when playing with words to switch vowels like all over any vowel to any vowel. 
there's pretty much a, a pathway to it. Just think of how someone in the South pronounces a word versus how someone in, or like across countries, of course, that'll be a thing. Like uh, New Zealanders, we say Omega, New Zealanders would say Omega, right? But it's spelled the same. Anyway, so phon- phonetically, doing a few swaps like the O to E or to A, and then of course, R switches to L between all kinds of languages. N and M are practically the same sound <laughs> or just drop the end completely. Don't aspirate the last letter, which happens in things like French. Then Orion could be Elion or Elio. Anyway, we're talking about a heliophant. <laughs> well, I can agree with that because if you read about Orion in Sumerian, he was just referred to as the, the great light or something of that nature. Um, I would have to bring up the link to, to be more exact, but he was basically referred to as the shining one or something of that nature. Um, right. The mighty hunter. Mm-hmm. So that uh, sun association again would kind of be relevant. And we kind of get that uh, alignment with the sun. I think the June 21st eclipse or will you get like an annular eclipse on summer solstice? Uh, we get that in Orion occasionally. So that time of year is like associated with like father's day. So very strong father energy, I think, uh, in Orion, as it were. And we see those three pyramids show up right after this, too. So that's the belt of Orion. And in Christianity, the scriptures tell us that the belt is associated with truth. So there would be that possible connection as well. That face, man, that. <laughs> what do we want to say about Egg Boy getting loosed by the TV reptilian Jen? Looks painful. Yeah. What does that an- say? Anguish. Under his eye. It's like chunk. Cow. So it looks like it chant. C-H-A-N-T. It's order ab cow. Yeah. It's from a dollar. He's got a, yeah. it's a $5 yeah. bill over his face, basically. Oh yeah. We covered that last time. Yeah. And on the chin, it's an upside down pyramid. Um, and he's got one eye as well. So in Zechariah eleven seventeen, we read the, the symbol of an idle shepherd is one left eye and a blackened right eye and um, loss. So God will take your right arm with the sword and darken your right eye if you're anointed and you're idle. So that's what makes these people in celebrity and political culture idle shepherds is that they become anointed, but then they become idle shepherds because they either accept worship themselves or they lead astray. And that's their job. I mean, look, he's got the reptilian eye too. So this is kind of an extension of Draco, in my opinion, like his authority. If you notice, he's only able to influence him like indirectly, not directly. So it's kind of got like that spiritual feel to it. And I've actually dreamed of that face before and it was named death. So I think it's a real thing. (laughs) I'm not even joking. You know, One thing that comes to my mind is the fact that uh, 5G is uh, E-G, and this guy is an egghead. So uh, 
the 5G encode is pretty strong with this scene for sure. The reading of your mind. And I was out doing yard work a couple weeks ago and I was doing math tables in my head with my phone in my pocket, not using my phone. It just happened to be in my pocket. And I'm thinking about math tables and my phone volunteers out of nowhere. One U.S. cup equals 16 U.S. ounces. It just blurts that out out of nowhere. And I'm doing conversion charts of math in my head. The fucking thing is clearly reading my mind. You didn't even say it out loud. You weren't like counting out loud. Not at all. Not at all. It just blasts out this conversion chart, which is kind of funny because now I'll never forget that. I'll never forget (laughs) one cup is 16 ounces, but super weird. That is super creepy. I just uh, was thinking about the prank thing again, and he's an egghead, right? And then how his shirt looks like, you know, the yellow part of the egg, like the yolks on you. Mm-hmm, the yeah. jokes on nice. you. Yeah. <laughs> also, joke uh, and joke. What? That's he's also real. maybe the, the maybe the yellow king of the Cthulhu mythos. Could he could fit that archetype, perhaps, uh, or the removal of his yoke? Because when he is rid of his addictions or the influence that this archon has over him, he walks away from the pills and the drugs and stuff. And this louche, he breaks the leash of his loosh if you will <laughs> um yeah and he's got blue eyes i think the, that's uh interesting to note too because see here we got the face of draco he's got what a green eye or very reptilian looking by contrast this guy's got definitely blue eyes he's got so, a golden think, eye oh that's a uh <laughs> 007 reference there andy Oh yeah. And like a lot of the celebrities that come through the black mirror scrying device screens, we're seeing like a one eye closed thing here for the the Draco Jin. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. He's a spirit. And you know, we we pointed out last time he's like the five dollar bill. It's got the Oh, a cup is eight. Oh, well, maybe it said eight ounces and my memory is wrong. <laughs> you said you'll oh, never forget. Now you'll never uh, forget. Ah, no, I won't. A pound is 16 ounces. What's that? A pound is 16 ounces. Oh, That's man. true. Maybe my phone was... <laughs> yeah, isn't a cup a measure of volume, not weight? <laughs> Oh, man, now I'm all confused. I uh, wanted to mention one more thing. I think there's dry and liquid measures for some things, by the way, but I I could be mistaken. Uh, One more thing about this face. So, yes, it's a $5 bill. And that, which president is that, guys? Abe Lincoln. Abe Lincoln. So, here's a really weird weave. Uh, There is a one-winged angel fallen angel known as Abe Zephibod. And he is the one that is the son of Bub that is supposed to be released in the end days. And uh, he shows up in the Testament of Solomon. He shows up and uh, Solomon has a conversation with Bub about his son, but he doesn't want to disclose information about him. And he's like, well, he's very special. He has a destiny. In other words, he's, you can't alter his destiny. You're not allowed. Like he's, 
just something for him. Like, you know, so it was a really weird story. And I think it could be this spirit. But uh, this spirit is the one that accompanied Pharaoh's armies as they, you know, the Hebrews and the mixed multitude were fleeing Egypt. Abe Zephibod was the one who hardened um, Pharaoh's heart and got the soldiers tall. And see, what's another word for a $5 bill? A fever. So he like basically Whoa. got, they got the fever uh, to fight, right? And so they just, they couldn't help themselves and they were overcome and chased after him. And then everybody but Pharaoh was uh, lost in the Red Sea when the sea collapsed over top of the army. And so only Pharaoh alone went back. But Abe Zephibah was also trapped under the Red Sea. So not only do we have the four horsemen under the Euphrates, but we have Abe Zephibah under the Red Sea. So there's something weird about how water can trap demons, particularly okay. salt water, I guess. Man. But is- uh, so I wanted to weave on that real quick because he's got one wing very specifically. Yeah. So I always interpret that as one eye also uh, or one door out of two or something like that. That's specifically Zechariah eleven seventeen right there. Nice. Sorry for the long, long weave, but uh, Abraham That's- was what? Because I see Abe symbolism a lot. Abe, yes. Abraham. I mean, it comes up so much. And I really think it's that that right. uh, spirit. And who's the president of our treasury right now? A. Blinken. His <laughs> name is A. Dot Blinken. <laughs> hey, Blinken. And, and he's got the, the, it's on his chin. He's the gin of... Abe well, he got shot just like JFK. So, you know, there, you probably look for similarities yeah. in some of these things. It's hard to say. Right. There's this tons is, of similarities between the JFK yeah, and Lincoln, way more that. than is. And oh, then that's right. Like related I too. remember studying that. Yeah, it was kind of eerie, actually. It got to the we point it made me a little uncomfortable. In school, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And so uh, Abe Lincoln was a. Tall king head. And this thing on the monitor is a talking head. Well, that's the that's what a bathroom is, is a disembodied talking that's head. Right. Which is brought up head. in Revelation. The Antichrist gives life into an image and makes it speak and stuff. So that's very much like Memer's head when Odin makes Memer's head talk and stuff like that. Oh my um, gosh. And this is also a monitor, which is a reptile. So Draco is literally a monitor in this sense. Right. Or a watcher, if you will. Right. The watchman. See, the gold tooth is the same tooth that was missing from the communist guy who was drowning. Oh, oh, nice catch, dude. That's like a so it's like the well, it's like that he you know the just back to the symbolism of the the loosing or the leashing that in the dream interpretation sense that missing tooth being powerless or ineffective, and uh he took the power from the people that he promised to give things to nice weave, is, bro, nice weave. So uh, to me, this is exactly the what you get when you commune with. I think that that's what the the Holly Weird and whatever cults they might be in are into is communing with 
spirits and making deals and thinking oh, they're totally. going to get something out of it. And then at the end they lose, you know, can't be whatever the beings are. The, the entities are the ones that are ga- getting all the gain by the end of the, the end of the story. Uh, correction. You can beat the devil with the blood of the lamb. I didn't mean to uh, leave that out. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, I'm going to sh- let my, I'm going to let my white fragility show for a second here. <laughs> but having, you know, the immigrant who was drowning in the green slime with the Juanita tattoo, uh, that brings a, a thought to my mind that, you know, a lot of the potential people coming from Catholic dominated mentalities have a lot of potential to be Jesuit agents. So forgive me for my white fragility, but I just thought I would put that out there. I can see where that concern has a lot more validity in the context of their Catholic affiliation. Not so much the color of their skin, but what they believe and what those beliefs might lead them to do. Guys, I have to be honest with you. We've covered 20 seconds of this. <laughs> oh shit. Oh my god. In two hours. Okay, let's let's move on so we don't get a three parter on our hands. I mean, I wouldn't care. I have fun with you guys. I don't um, mind extending it out, but it has twenty seconds in two hours. That's real. I'm, that's gotta be a record. Awesome. <laughs> I don't mind going at that pace. Here's the Yes. Here what is this? Yes. No. Okay. <laughs> so this is like time speeding up because it's like frame rates, right? And it keeps getting faster and faster until it blows up. And interesting how they decided to make it look like space. Um and now we have all these images coming out um from the James Webb um, telescope, right? But we also have all these stories coming from, like, the physics side of the world where they're, like, playing around with time. So, um, yeah, it's basically, um, they're pushing their pseudo, that's what I think this is. It's like a psyop, you know, their false messiah, whatever. And uh, they're pushing it faster through time. Like, they're trying to speed that process up. Right. Um, Accelerationism is uh, one of the agendas of the Sabbateans. Uh, Those who are trying to excel revelations, to bring the whatever, all the prophecies to fulfillment. They're considered accelerationists. Well, you know. What is interesting, one of the things that I saw that they claimed with the James Webb, <laughs> they, they, all the images just look so fake. It's ridiculous. But uh, especially when they're showing like millions of galaxies, look at all these galaxies that we can see. And they're all in this cluster together in a frame. But they claim that they have imaged the most distant star ever observed, 28 billion light years away. And the light has traveled 12.9 billion years in 
So I don't get that. <laughs> so if the light has traveled 12.9 billion years into the optics of the James Webb, but it's 28 billion light years away, how did it get here so fast? You know, it's like, it doesn't even make sense, but they named the star, the star, supposed star that is that far away, Irindel, which is from the Tolkien mythos. It's basically Tolkien's uh, Venus archetype or Lucifer archetype, a male Venus and not Lucifer in a negative sense, but like the, the farrier of farrier of light, carrier of light. Irindel is sort of like a redeemer messiah figure to the, uh, the elf backstory in the Silmarillion. Yeah, I don't know what to make of that, but I also thought that this four layers of frame, I do like the interpretation of frame rate, but these four layers of frame also makes me think of like a, maybe like a four dimensional cube. Uh, four, there's four dimensions of four sides here, if that makes sense. Dimensions in the sense of scale, because right. the smaller scale, larger, larger, larger scales of it. And Hypercube symbolism is a big thing. Yeah, when you're playing with time, you're going, you're, how they've described it is they're going into this other dimension, like they're making another dimension, is what they've been saying. It's like they've, <sighs> Well, all the articles that I've read, and I, I'm sorry, I haven't shared them to the iPad Goat chat because I, I don't know why I didn't think to. But um, they've been, yeah, like with the time crystal. And then there's this other thing going on where they have um, some allegedly somehow um, figured out almost how to have something be in two places at once. Like they've almost figured that out. And each time that they're talking about it, they're like, um, say something about like extra dimension or like playing with other dimensions. So, um, I like that you said that just for that reason, like we basically are playing with other dimensions right now. And with, um, the Draco character and everything, it's like multi-dimensional beings, um, everything's at play there. You know, one thing I see is the these rectangles might be expressing the golden ratio. And they're also the fact that they have this, yeah, they might have this tunnel perspective. It makes me think of the, of ducts and we are being inducted and the Christ figure, he comes forward and he ducks his head to the side and we get baptized in fire. Amen. Yeah. So this is definitely a lot of induction. And or is it the, abduction? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot well, of it's coming uh, towards us like it's gonna go into us. So maybe uh, it's induction. Yeah. And then he hit, it's definitely a screen type reference, as you were saying with frame rates, because it's like he hits the camera, like he splatters on the screen here. Right. In your face. And he's got the Baphomet above and below thing going on. Which, that ain't cool. What's up? Does make me think of like, a, maybe did he just hit the firmament? <laughs> like, what is this? Oh, like yeah. A, like a bug on a windshield. 
You know what else, guys? I think we just left. Uh, we just left Sagittarius. Uh, we're crossing into Capricorn. We're we're it's it's his birthday. The goat, <laughs> uh, yeah, of the Maseroth. May I comment before we get too far beyond this? Could you go back to the uh, tri- uh, rectangles just for a moment? And uh, for the full effect, I guess we'll have to pull up a picture. Um, if you don't mind, for comparison's sake, this is strikingly similar to a couple things. But first, uh, so the this is where the bark of heaven is more apparent. So previously, he was on water, right? Which we got the waters above, the waters below. Well, I kind of see space as water, right? All right. So here we have the bark of heaven actually in heaven, though, not water, but heaven traversing through space. To do what? Well, to come to here, right? And so this is a starry womb, if you will. So if you'll look up the uh, Orthodox icon for the resurrection of Christ, you'll see that Christ, not just that icon, but several others, but that one in particular, because this one's about his resurrection and return. Um, But uh, so on that icon, you could compare it to this scene right here, and it pretty much is the same thing. So you'll see him in the center, surrounded by a starry womb of sorts. Um, and this just is something that occurred to me when I went to church a couple weeks ago. I was staring at this icon, and I thought, dude, that looks like a womb. And <laughs> yeah, so there you go. So, And there's a lot of variations of it. This one is just as well. But you'll notice that that's clearly a starry womb. So now read a few verses because this is a very powerful scene, even though it's so brief. Um, so we're told that uh, he goes and makes a place for us, a mansion, right? Um, so let me read that real quick. Um well, here's the part about fire. So he baptizes in fire. So in Luke 3, uh, 15 through 18, it says, And as the people were in expectation and all the men mused in their hearts of John, whether he were the Christ or not, John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Um, whose fan in his hand, he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into his garner, but the chaff he will burn with fire unquenchable and many other things in his exhortation preached he unto the people. So that's part where John was baptizing people and they thought he was Christ. So I think that when he blows fire into the screen like that, that's it's, it's just talking about what he's coming to do. Um, which kind of relates to the Acts 2, 16 to 17, where it talks about God pouring his spirit out on the earth. We see that later he comes and like destroys the people and the business suits and stuff. So I think it's kind of relating to that kind of thing. Um, breaking the bondage and slavery that we're in. Yeah, it destroys and, the straw men. Uh, yes, exactly, dude. And yeah, so this this is the verse here I wanted to read before we get off the current screen so it says let not your heart be troubled ye believe in god 
Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am ye may be also. And whether I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Uh, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? So there's the doubting Thomas, of course. But see, where is he coming from? He's coming from the estate that he has created for us. He said he would go and prepare us a place and that he would return to get us. And so that's what this, what, second or two? <laughs> like, it's all encapsulating that. And it's so brief. But he's coming back and then he gives us the Ruach HaKadosh. See, the breath of life was breathed into us earthly golems <laughs> to give us life. And that's what gives the golem life is emet, which is truth. And you remove that E and it makes met, which is death. And that's to deanimate the golem. So emet right here, is also time backwards. Emit, emet. Oh, that's cool. So when we reverse really, time, we emit. Well, lights emit or stars emit light and he's traveling through time to get to us. <laughs> anyway, thanks for letting me weave on that. Cause that's a very powerful scene for me is this one right here. It makes me think of common law is the spoken word is the living word is the truth in real time. Yeah. The truth, the belt of truth, like I said, comes up with the three pyramids. So he says he's the truth, the life, and the way. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of, in what you just went through. <laughs> but for the sake of continuing here, I'm going to move us forward. I will say, though, that the the fan symbolism is uh, inherited from Bacchus, from Dionysian cults. And uh, the fan being... Also a, a, Ven, a Venusian Venus symbol. I'll leave that there, though. Oh, you mean like the the fan to fan the flames that symbolism? Yeah, yeah that's, that's a Bacchus yeah. thing. And then when you say like a Venus cult, that's what those hearts are. I just oh. all throughout. Well, in Revelation, he Jesus makes the statement that uh, he is the root uh, and offspring of David and the bright and morning star. So that it's like that authority of Venus is transferred because we normally associate that with Lucifer, whomever holds that office now. And it's like that some type of handing off of authority takes place because it's represented by the seven stars, which I think are probably uh, related to the Pleiades but I digress. This right here is clearly a throat. So this is very throat chakra <laughs> and a bark coming out of a throat. <laughs> Doggone. What do you think of this thing over his head? It's like a, to me, it looks like a chrysalis or a cocoon. It's called a uvula yeah. in the throat, I think. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that does look like it. Yeah, like it's literally a throat. And it also looks like almost like a moonstone or something in the or a pearl. 
Oh, or, or like an Orphic egg with a snake wrapping around it. That's very, very much an Orphic egg, egg, I think. And this is like um, the birth of, it's like birth out of the Venus because then it's a heart around him again. Oh, yeah. nice. It also Which is interesting because. Go ahead, Gabe. Well, I see. I see two heads. The silhouette. Eclipse, definitely eclipse thing happening here. Nice, <laughs> nice. See the ring, the halo, mm-hmm. and the black also, circle. Yeah, it also looks like two heads, like two silhouettes splitting in half, pulling apart. Because well, they even, have even they have ears. Uh, yeah, which uh, makes me think of the fact that. Uh, we think of the alphabet as one part of our brain and numbers are the other part of our brain. And a lot of people are of two minds naturally. We're taught to be of two minds, whereas some cultures in the past, uh, gematria and isopsophy were uh, all intrinsic to the same path and the same course of learning. Uh, but what did you think, Andrea? Oh, I'll, I'll let Josh go or Joshua go ahead of me. I'm sorry. Thanks, yeah, dude. I'll be short. I'll be short. Uh, so right around the Christ here, we see in the Orthodox faith, we call that the uncreated light. And so anytime you see a saint or anything like that in an icon or, or whatever, not everybody has those. So that's just supposed to represent like uh, those who have received the anointing or the seal. So I personally... Uh, my journey has basically taught me that that's somehow relating to probably the activation of the pineal gland. And at some point, you know, that part of your aura, I guess, becomes developed. Uh, You get a halo essentially. So that's what he has right there is this is called the uncreated light. And sometimes you'll catch this in photos of like, uh, you know, priests and saints, like if people take pictures of them, sometimes they'll have like a very unnatural light coming out of them or somewhere around them, something like that. So it's just like when you see these yogis and they got all that light coming off them or whatever. There's it's, I mean, you see it in a lot of different religions, but uh, so anyway, I just wanted to point that out because I see it coming off my dog. I see the aura most of anybody that I can see aura on i see it most on my dog and well, he's right on a bark. A dog and dog has got backwards and he's on a bark i don't know that's just my personal experience exactly <laughs> so there you go but, uh, yeah with that same thing on that same uh wave um it is a blue kind of an aura which the blue um ray tends to go with saint michael or the archangel michael whichever way you want to look at it um, also, I just learned this the other day. I was watching something on Edgar Casey thing on the Lord's Prayer, and they were saying how, um, like the Holy Spirit is the throat chakra, which would be blue, and then, um, the thyroid, which also this is supposed to be now he's going into the throat. So that's very, uh, interesting there. Good point. Oh yeah, raising from the heart to the throat is a elevation of energy, and then right after this is when his 
barbed wire dissolves. So that's like then even going to the crown. So again, that uncreated light in the crown chakra, very cool. Except there's red lightning here. So I'm not <laughs> sure what's going on there. But yeah, sacral chakra energy, maybe. Vril, perhaps. Well, it's like a different kind of lightning, too. It's almost like those orbs like they used to have at like kids' science centers or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like when you touch the glass and it makes the connection to you, sort of. Yeah. Okay, this guy. There's a lot going on with this guy. Oh, yeah. He's doing He's the, he's dest- doing- he's the destroyer. He's dancing the yeah, Nataraja we- dance of destruction. I thought we passed this already. <laughs> yes. This is our echidna. There's our echidna chance. The the Kalima mask. Okay. Right there with the fish. <laughs> oh shit. I just realized he is standing on an offering plate. Yeah. Wow. Nice. <laughs> yes. That's a an might be an orphite bowl where they drink the blood of the saints. Oh, he's even got Jesus creepers on, man. Check it out. He's got sandals on. <laughs> Jesus creepers. I love him. Well, remember in that verse I read, John said he wasn't worthy to unleash, unleash his shoes or whatever. So it's just such yes. a attention to detail on this. Short okay. Quote. So the fish thing is blowing my mind right now, Josh. I've been the 153 is everywhere I look nowadays, man. It's everywhere I look. So I got a huge weave on. I mean, you know the you know the parable of Christ predicting the fish. Did they harvest? The uh, did they harvest 153 fish in the net? He yep. He prophesied that there would be 153 of them. They pulled them all in, and they were, he was exactly right. And even despite the multitudes. The net was not torn, miraculously not torn, right? Isn't that kind of how it goes? Yeah. Okay. You're you're sort of teaching me here, too, because that's one of the parables I'm not as familiar with, because there's another parable uh, about casting a net for fish and selecting the biggest one. I think that's in the Gospel of Thomas. That's the one I'm a little more familiar with. All right. Well, this this one, I I sourced this one out of uh, John, and... I think it's John 21, 11. And this is wild, guys. This is super wild. So you'll notice the fish just jump right in the boat. And he's not with other fishermen. There is no net. But we, the fish coming into the boat are very indicative of that uh, Christ predicting the 153 fish. Now, this is super wild. This is so wild. <laughs> There's so much to say here. But right now, there is a program uh, being sent out into the schools. And again, we're looking at John, the book of John. These guys are the Jesuits. The Jesuits love that book of John. And so 153 is the, uh, I got to check my notes. I think it's the 17th triangular number. Am I right there? No. Yeah, it's the 17th triangular number is 153, which means that Q was probably a fishing operation. They are the fishers of men, Q being the 17th number. So Q is very likely a fishing operation. Uh, 
the fishers of men utilizing and weaponizing these signs and symbols from John, uh, which is favored by the Jesuits. Uh, if you roll up on that graphic there, Chance, up on the top part, uh, I have found the 153 also encoded in the SEL, Social Emotional Learning. This is in uh, Ordinal Reduced Gematria. S is a 1, E is a 5, L is a 3. SEL, Social Emotional Learning, is the new Marxist agenda that they're rolling out on the kids. They're going to run the kids through the SEL program. So you've got 153. SEL is 153. You put the word fish on the end and you get selfish. The selfish <laughs> program is being rolled out on the kids. And what trips me out is that uh, there's an, another implementation of this, another expansion of this. Uh, whatever, harvesting of the the future uh, is transformative cell, which uh, makes an acronym for the T cell, which goes back to the placenta where all the T cells are uh, stored up in the placenta. Uh, so all of these things kind of freak me out a little bit when I see the consistency of these signs and symbols, but they've definitely weaponized aspects of this Bible you know, and are putting a real gnarly, gnarly spin on it. Where did you say that fishing operation was out of? I think it's the Jesuits ultimately, you know. So this came out of New Haven, in case we weren't sure that there's something to it. That's Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones. New Haven, Connecticut is where Skull and Bones is at. Yeah, buddy. Yep. And what what Zodiac sign is 322 in? I mean, no, it's Aries. technically. I know it's technically Aries, but we got fishes. Basically, it's kind of Pisces too. Here we. Oh, the they're jumping out. Yes, when you jump out, you jump out of Pisces and you land in Aries. It's coming across the spring equinox. And those fish oh. are sheephead fish. Oh, I was wondering what type of fish it was. Cool, sheephead fish, because um, <laughs> sheephead, nice. sheephead fish. When Fukushima went down. A bunch of kill-off ended up at Half Moon Bay. That's why I was wondering where the fishing operation was out of. Mm-hmm. If it was, like, kind of in that same area. The moon phase in this is not half, but a crescent, I think. So, Oh, wait. No, it was an eclipse, so it's a full moon in this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's actually shown full in another scene. So, yeah, it's definitely full. Oh, but fish are also the feet. Pisces. And the fish show up at his feet. So even zodiacally speaking, that's appropriate. I'm so glad you caught that. That's glorious. Well done, yeah. sir. Well, well done. Glory to God. I mean, you know. <laughs> Pass it on. Just a vessel, dude. Oh, yeah. But there you got the dichotomy. He's on fire. Fish, but fish. yeah, here they are. What's that, Josh? <laughs> I was, and I was just say the dichotomy here for, you know, he's representing fire. And I mean, he's, you know, got all these fish here. Uh, it's a fish fry, you know, Christians do a lot of fish fries. Um, I'll say the Christians like I'm not one. Sorry. I, we Christians do a lot of fish fries. I just don't often participate in fish <laughs> fries. So anyway, uh, 
the thing about Aries, though, as far as sheep and Aries is con- and concerned, we have uh, fire in Aries, but it's also the type of fire that you ha- would have a sacrifice on. It's blood and fire together. So Aries is a little different from like Sagittarius and Leo in that it's not just fire, but sacrificial fire, like a specific kind of fire. So when you said he's on an offering plate, bear that in mind that like, you know, he is literally the sacrifice standing on a plate, offering plate. Meow. <laughs> the red hair is really interesting to me, by the way. I, I know I pointed that out earlier. Yeah. You guys see that that's a, that's a fallen Titan. The island is a huge human form. It looks like an ace of pentacles, swords, something. It looks like an ace. Lighthouse to is me. a phallus. An erect phallus. Is this a. Oh, yeah. What is that? Well, I guess that would make it an ace of wands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, the hidden hand shedding light. And the Venus Yep. So here we're coming on. This is the chrome that we've passed that the heart symbol from the. Uh, what do we think of this, though? I have a very compelling theory. So when we see her in zoomed up scenes, she has a skirt on with fig leaves on it. That or grapevine, one or the other. But I'm pretty sure it's fig leaves. And so I think that's a reference to the parable, the fig tree. And she represents like the aged uh, Israel, like would be 70 years old as 2018 is when Israel turned 70 years old. And so they're like in what year, 74, 75. So she would represent Israel. Now, when she backs up onto the bench on the wall are tally marks. She, she, she's been literally counting the days. So she could represent Zion, the bride you know, bride of Christ, mm-hmm. however you want to interpret that. But, but I'm almost positive that's because why else would they use fig leaves? I mean, that's right. You could pull right. up a picture and compare it, I guess, but I'm almost certain that's a fig leaf. And uh, she of course gets the light of God, like an immaculate conception kind of thing. Only of course, this is more like an immaculate rejuvenation, I guess. She's Divine trying to get away from it though. Yeah. So well, I mean, say- it's, Go ahead. Oh, sorry. It reminds me of the story of Zeus coming through as a golden ray of light and impregnating somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Except I think Zeus wouldn't wouldn't go for one like this. He would want them to be younger, more beautiful, or like a swan or a cow or something. (laughs) Well, but maybe she is like a young lover that he's disguised as a crone. (laughs) <laughs> on the wall right behind her head here is that oil rig again just like with the lightning oh, yeah. here. cool so and, oh my gosh yeah there's a lot going on okay so Chance I shot you a couple images uh, in the telly if you can just Maybe flash the first one real quick, and 
uh, and then move on to the second one. But the uh, yes, the uh, the first one is this is an image from Chernobyl, and this is just where some of my research took me. What? Yeah, this is a statue at Chernobyl. That, that looks like something these- out of uh, the that game Fallout. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Kind of, right? And it's got the Chernobyl, the Nobel, right? It's got the Taco Bell up here on the statue. A lightning bolt coming down with the hands. It's holding the hands are holding a cube. That's the yod, the Y shape. Uh, yod means hand. Uh, the cube has the uh, the Y shape when the, you use the canted square. So these are just some of the ingredients that I saw. A real quick weave on the on this tower, this lighthouse. The and this is an old one, uh, but the standard lighthouse of Alexandria has three ingredients. Uh, it has it's a three part tower, three tiered tower. So uh, in at the top is a mirror uh, that is used to cast light to reflect the light to make the lighthouse. And it turns out that those are those three ingredients of the lighthouse, the triune, uh, the and the mirror at the top of a tower. Uh, those are actually the ingredients that a uh, speech giver uses to control people's minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the triune brain. Uh, that's the three. The word tower is. Uh, uh, manda- no, Magdala the magdala and that's the amygdala of the triune brain and then the uh the mirror at the top is uh oh is uh they call it your mirror uh receptors is the name of the uh the part of the brain that is basically your sympathetic uh the way you sympathize with the person speaking you see them as a mirror of yourself you're projecting your own emotions off of them uh, so that was, yeah, yeah. So the aspects of uh, speech giving and leadership are actually encoded in the Alexandrian lighthouses. So I just wanted to throw all that on the table. Can you flip to the next one real quick, Chance? I'm trying not to drag us through the mud too much. This is a very old weave that I did with uh, with Mario on iPad Go. This was months ago. I forgot about this. Uh, but Mario has uh, discovered a really f- super creepy rabbit hole called the Crim Master Cycle. And it's this artist who goes around making this super crazy avant-garde uh, art that has to do with castration. This is a scene from uh, the uh, Crim Master Cycle off of the website. Look how much it looks like the crone in this iPad goat video. She even has the club foot. She's in the club foot club. Well, I caught the crone. uh, It's only a half of a second that they show. She actually has the club foot. She has one shoe is longer than the other shoe. Nice catch, dude. Yeah, man. So that's very Saturnian. She's in the club. Yeah, the club. And we're not in it. Clubs are also uh, wands, if you're interpreting it that way. Nice, oh. nice. 
So you'll even notice that the color of the background in the Crim Master cycle is identical to the background oh, yeah. of, the, of the crone's nest up in the crow's like, nest. Go She's away, even got, Yep. And it's even got the beehive hairdo. So what I think we're looking at, guys, this is really crazy. I hope Mario or uh, uh, Marty is still watching. But I think we're looking at a lot of the ingredients for Orion. Orion is carrying the club and is next to the beehive constellation. Uh, and so we have the club and we have the beehive hairdo. So there's a lot of Orion uh, aspects and also the, uh, the pelt, the garment that Orion is often using, uh, much like John the Baptist has the, the pelt, is wearing a, a spotted leopard skin pelt. And they say that uh, the throne of the heavens is on the belt of Orion. Well, that's where this little blood spot comes out of her crotch. That's the generative location of the, you know. It's just below the belt, actually, in the gap of the sword. You got it. So it actually, yeah, more correct there. It's still the same place, basically. Right. Yeah. So I just wanted to put the fact that we look, we might be looking at Orion uh, in a major way, in the creepiest yeah, way. The Bride of Christ, man. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. So, yeah. Thought I'd throw all that on the table because that was an old weave, but it served us the yet bee, again. Beehive hairstyle, man. That was such a nice catch. Yeah. So, word. Because the, and that's very Masonic. Somebody in the chat mentioned how the Mormons wear the fig leaf aprons in the Masonic temple. We wear the apron as well. Yeah. So, that is the fig leaf, essentially. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that forward, Chance. It's funny. I'm putting some of this stuff together at the last minute. Still, there is so much going on. Yeah, I just put in the chat, uh, Chair Noble, Chernobyl Throne. You got it, the Noble Chair. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, that also means Wormwood, by the way. That word, Chernobyl. Mm Mm-hmm. It's poison indeed. Yeah. Oh, here we got a rose, uh, like a stained glass rose window. Like it's the cathedral yes. here. So this is Notre Dame. This is from the inside. And we got an Analima. Notice the figure eight. Yeah, He's and cool. I kind of thought uh looked like DNA, um, like a DNA strain. But empty. Oh, right. They're collapsing the temple. Whew. This character uh, switches phases, kind of reminds yeah. me of the four beasts at the throne of uh, God. Um, so you'll notice one's a man. He does like a bear. A four-pointed star bird. on his chest as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which would be like the four cardinal directions of, or the, you know, four royal stars, like you're talking about yeah. the cross on the zodiac wheel. And it'll come back to this. There's like two seconds of this Kali. And then it goes into the next thing, and then it comes back to it again. So, If you notice, she'll have her tongue sticking out here in a minute, and that's relating to the story of her being the destroyer. And she was killing all the demons and got into such a blood frenzy that she just lost control. And she eventually steps on her husband because he's like trying to get her to stop. So he just lays down in front of her, and when she steps on him, she sticks her tongue out out of embarrassment, realizing like, oops, I'm lost control. So that's what that means. Um, but also if you look up not a Raja, 
um, you'll see that that's known as the Dance of Destruction, and that's the statue that's sitting outside of CERN, depicts the Nataraja, where he's dancing inside of the Circle of Flames. Um, yeah. And that's also related to Orion. Some people even compare that to be the same thing. And I got a lot more on on this whole thing, but I got quite a bit on the next minute too, so... He's got raccoon uh, tassels on his boots, which kind of like an anagram for Corona, Raccoon oh, City, yeah. and all that jazz. Ooh, snap! Man, that is some sneaky shit. The raccoon tail. I saw that. By the way, raccoons are bears. By the way, I learned about that recently from. Uh, one of my clients, they said that because uh, we're talking about foxes, foxes, its own thing. You mentioned fox earlier. It's its own species. It's not like because I was like, is it a cat? Is it a dog? Like, what's going on? They're like, no, they're actually their own species, much like how a cheetah is its own distinct thing. It's like a mix of a dog and a cat as well. It's just the fox is the more doggy looking of the two and the cheetah is the more cat looking of the two. <laughs> But they're kind of similar in that they're both unique. So the raccoon is kind of similar, but it actually relates more to a bear, apparently. It's because there's a bear that shows up, too. One of his phases is a bear, and uh, he kicks up some waves there in one of his phases as well. Sorry, I know. So this here, um, all these, what I relate this, it took me so long. And it wasn't until uh, Chance you were talking about something with somebody else. <laughs> and um, this was the one scene that like just baffled me because I was like looking up like uh, smoke men and stuff, all kinds of stuff back when I was uh, decoding the first, my first school at decoding it. And um, so finally you had said it's the ghosts in the machine. So I was like, okay, well, these are all the computers because they, what do they do? They do business, but they're not really like people, you know, but they're working. So that's the ghosts in the machine and then burst out of those, like the Lambda character we have now is this uh, sentient whatever. Um, and then you have like this from making that kind of wipes out all the computer activity, um, which is what I think that, like they kind of had the idea to do in Y2K, but then like they didn't, they weren't really there with all the rest of the pieces yet. So. Yeah. I think that the ghost in the machine is also the straw man in the legal system. Yeah. Because like that whole concept of mm -hmm. your identity on paper in the paper, see, and the the Pope being the Antichrist, as in like the vicar or replacement of Christ, and owning the copyright on all of the paper paper C, <laughs> I think this is representative of the dissolution of the straw man, and uh, also like you said, being the ghost in the machine, the digital identities that people yeah. are chained like to, because that's the next move. Fake. Yeah, and is this saying to us that the um what is going to come next the system of like social credit is going to fall that it won't actually get moving because they're all still they're not moving they're stone they're statue still and then they're it's like they're prepared for something all these empty vessels have been prepared for something 
but they're getting broken before they're put to use. Uh-huh. Maybe I wonder. Right. It's, um, like a, it's like it's like Deus Ex Machina of the Ghost in the Machine problem. Like they set up all this death of the corporations, and they've got to go. They have to go, and so they're going to drop the Deus Ex Machina is just going to descend, and we're all waiting for some, you know, a psyop solution to come wipe it all away. Which well, I hope to God it happens. I know you guys <laughs> call it a messiah, but I right. what this would in a biblical sense, like he was talking about earlier in the verse where he says he comes to, well, maybe I didn't read that, but in Luke 15, I think it is. He says, I've come to set fire on this earth and what shall I do if it already be kindled? Um, so in here we see he's turning it all to ash. Well, what each of these men are wearing is a business suit, but that includes a necktie. So in the Masonic lodge, you wear a cable toe around your neck. So, and yes. I think what a business suit really represents is total conformity to the system. You got to cut your hair, yep. you know, you can't look like a hippie or whatever, you know, you have to conform. So like wearing a suit is really, the, there we go. The epitome of conformity right there. And you're wearing your cable toe. So what he's doing, he's coming to Jesus Christ breaks the uh, spiritual bondage. So part of this is also, um, you know, D- doing away with that old system completely. So I, I do interpret it as that. He's like the destroyer of this system. Yes. I'll point out real quick, the UCC, the Uniform Commercial Code, comes from Barcelona, comes from Catalan, Spain, is the origin of the UCC code. And I, Our code all comes from Spain? UCC code started in Barcelona. That's the legal code, Uniform Commercial Code. Yep. And there is a field of research out there, Tom Carberry. He believes that the New Testament events and the crucifixion actually happened in Barcelona uh, in probably around 1300 per the calendar we prescribed to, not back in the year zero. That's really weird because I see a lot of devilish things that lead to Spain for some reason. And I've never really understood why. There's a so, huge code going around. Another drop in the bucket. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, I think, the the, I think the Spaniards found the New World a lot earlier than they said, or they've known about it. The, they knew about it the whole time. I think that maybe like whatever the Holy Sailors, Phoenicians, Pelasgi, whatever knowledge they had and map of the world they had, that that part of the Roman Holy Roman Empire, Catholic Church, what have you, then that information and knowledge, a lot of closely guarded secrets because they're literally trade secrets. You know, you won't want your competition to go take the resources that you're plundering. I think that the Spanish monarchy inherited that or stole that or somehow was in charge of that. But that's all theory and conjecture. I also don't think the events of the new Testament played out literally, or if they, if there's components of it that are historical, they're completely skewed by the application of Euharimism and astrotheology being applied over it. And we should be wary of anything saying that this is the actual history of it, because <laughs> it's exactly the same problem that considering anything from text based forms as true history gives you, which is that, well, still can't verify that without real world artifacts, but that's getting in the, the weeds. I do want to continue. I think we might be able to get through this. Yeah. 
I did want to say that they are all the smoke men are 12 by 15. I went through and counted. I I hoped that you had counted. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't count the amount of squares, but I was like, I don't know what that means, but it feels like it means something. (laughs) Maybe it's uh, like uh, how the Roman soldiers would line up. It could be like how phalanxes or divisions or brigades or something. It looks very militaristic to me. Yeah. It's like an army. That multiplies out to 180. Which oh, so like do half a one circle, yeah, yeah. It's a turnaround. Not it's like all this. yeah. It's also Not a sixty, this. sixty, sixty. This <laughs> nice, but, yeah. yeah. So it's a one eighty. Is to like reversal. It's a reversal. It's the letter R is the eighteenth letter. Okay, so that does make sense because there's uh, I don't remember what verb it is, but it's. They turn everything upside down. So that would be a 180 turn instead of a 360 turn. And then he comes out of here, and that is a circle, which is 360. And completes the circle. I love it. Oh, man. <laughs> Ericotta Warriors. Good call, Jenny B. And Jesus being Mercury. That's, a, yeah, this could be a whole can of worms. There's so Ericotta Warriors being found with Mercury, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's like the, the actual physical the Mercury. Vessel. Yes. Man, I said it before. I'm going to say it again. If a picture says a thousand words, a motion picture can speak forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got to hit the head, y'all. Go ahead. I'll be right back. BRB. Well, continuing on, we have the Draco screen fleeing. So like the devil on his shoulders gone. He gets up on his own feet. And what's interesting too is that that what's his name? Baron Saturday. Mm-hmm. He's now like conducting maestro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Conducting music. Like a symphony of death. Is it? I don't know, because this is kind of a resurrection moment. And here's the yeah. the male with the full moon, and the male is rising uh the male spirit is rising symbolically i think this is more occultic the moon is masculine and the sun is feminine which is the opposite of what we're told in esoteric thought and also i think it's interesting to look at the splotches on the moon i don't know what they might mean but that's not really the way the literal moon looks could be islands again yeah is that some kind of a map um but the moon's yeah. full, which would represent like the erect phase of the male or the risen phase of the male, the solid phase of the so ice. Somebody had brought up um, part of the point of, or like what would be the point of life without suffering? And it made me think Sufi rings, which would be he's a Sufi, he's a whirling dervish, he's making rings suffering <laughs> yeah That's and the rings awesome. rings are a thing for saturn and this is baron saturday yeah so he's conducting the suffering um underneath this full moon and it does look like a super moon like it's really close yeah so um, i think that, i i think i identified the mosque that he's on top of and 
Uh, crazy enough, it's in Kiev. Again. And so it, mm-hmm. what's kind of remarkable about this being a 10-year-old video is that it is coming to fruition just now. You know, having Kiev center stage in uh, some of the signs and symbols from this iPad goat are like taking the stage right now. Um, so the name of the uh, the mosque, uh, Chance, I sent you something in the telly that's got like a visual to kind of confirm. You can look at this mosque and look at what's in the iPad goat. The name of the mosque is, uh, oh, I just lost it, R. Rah Rama Mosque, R Rama Mosque, A R dash R A H M A Mosque of Kiev. Rama, Ram, Ra, very Ram ish, yeah. Yes. And then the the chin, like the bottom half after it gets blown, well, before it gets blown off, it looks like the chin of Draco. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, that uh, full moon scene, by the way. So the night sky on a full moon night is known as midnight blue, by the way. It's because of the ultralight radiation from the moon. It changes the sky from black to like a dark, dark blue, um, by the way. So that's and Passover is always on a full moon. Um, So we see this resurrection of this dervish boy on a full moon night. Although we kind of have some context to suggest that this might be more like a winter moon. So it would probably be like the full moon in December or the full moon in January or something like that. This is cool. So yeah, yeah. then I got right next to it is that um, Kiva or where they're doing the fire dams. Kiev, Kiva and Kiev again. Like that bridge is probably a clue in the background too. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's all twisted up. Yep. Oh, oh I did see that. I like it, it was the day after, and it came up as my um the day after we did the last vibrant, and it came up as like my computer like freeze screen changes all the time, you know, just by itself. And that was what it was. But now I can't, I looked at it to see where it was. And now I can't remember. Another interesting thing is back to the 180 is that he's whirling. So immediately after the 180s are not immediately, but the 180s are destroyed. And then, he kind of can see again too what was behind him that was holding him back and the 180 degrees he couldn't see that's gone. And now this whirling, which is also like, you know, circling and see how the camera gives you kind of not, not completely 360 degrees. Actually, maybe that is 180 degrees of this scene. You don't get it all. I don't know. Just wondering yeah. about that. Huh. It kind of blows my mind that we have so much consistency as we go through the arc of the underworld here. You know, we started in the fall and now here we are coming up to the spring, like step by step all the way. And that little city down below, the kind of spiderweb shaped city, uh, that has uh, kind of zodiac implications 
It also makes me think of like um, the city of Babel was uh, the streets were actually uh, like an alphabetical order as you went out in concentric rings, you know, like the center street was a block and then B block and C block. Can we look really close? That was in rings is Atlantis. Got Atlantis, yes. What's in the middle there? Is that a obelisk? I mean, that looks yeah. <laughs> like it's there's like some fine detail there. Yeah, yep, it's got what it is. Yeah, it's got an obelisk, which makes me think of the basilica, uh, the plaza of the basilica at Vatican Square. Yeah, you could get lost in the details of this forever. Oh, like, yeah. what is this over here? Why is there a little light in it? <laughs> Like all the background stuff I haven't even looked at. I'm just like looking at the foreground. (laughs) So yeah, the the dancing dude is actually doing a lot of Capoeira moves. I just got to point that out. Like uh, some of these moves are, have names. They're actually Brazilian names for these moves. So Uh, I wonder who, whose mask that is. What, figure that is that he's now representing after is this like a Kali of a different culture is this a Brazilian or South American deity that we're getting represented here so this I think um is it Pepe oh that's a good point um actually Gordy had brought up the other day the the frogs um in the navy there's a I think he said it was a division of the Navy that was the frogs. I, I can't remember what he said that they did, but it's another military tie-in. Okay. <laughs> so he's got the feather in his hat, which makes him Yankee Doodle Dandy. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> or like Matt's truth, uh, then, feather of truth that we're weighed against. Yeah. And then if he is like a, in the military... They got, he's got this bar over the top, like those, you know, oh, decorations yeah, like a, on when they yeah. retire or in their cool. formal wear. Yes. You earn your stripes. That's what that's kind of. Yes. Fun. Yeah. And, the t- and it ties back into the tiger again. Aaron just stripes in the meme war of 2016. Highly decorated. <laughs> yeah. Man, 2016. That's the 63rd triangular number. 216 is six times six times six. 216 is T A X. Taxes, tax day. Mm-hmm. T- time to pay the piper. Um, yep. You know, this might even be a Shemitah uh, time as well because they're starting to forgive student loan debt. So you might want to look at that with your uh, diction of Aries and all that jazz with taxes and whatnot. Cause that's the kind of feeling I'm getting. Yeah, man, ju- a, a Jubilee sure seems in order nowadays. It's something way bigger than just a little. Queen, the queen just had her Jubilee, right? Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. So maybe we're all just on the... <laughs> Okay. So then he's a frog. And with the sharks, so that would make sense because then you got the sharks, and if if it's the navy or whatever, I think this is Aquarius. 
Yeah, well, it could be both. Yeah, see water how, he has too. a feather on his head, like air, and then there's these waters or shark fins, or it could be waves. But Aquarius yeah. isn't is air is a air sign, but it's the water bearer, and frogs go between the water and out into the air. You know. Well, he does a bird too, so that would probably be our air. But yeah, and now he's a bear. A bear. <laughs> so you yeah. know, whatever. Bear has the word air in it. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> nice. Nice. Is the bear which, Owen Benjamin? Watch the his raccoon, gloves. The raccoon is a bear, after all. So that right. is yeah. interesting. In the uh, but he does what? Does a bear, eagle, man, and frog? Is that what he does? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, watch his gloves. They disappear. So they're going to take away your bear arms. Because he doesn't. Oh, have right, the bear arms is going to disappear. Oh yeah. wow! Nice weave. And then he jumps up and becomes the air element as we're moving into the Aquarian age. Right, an air element. Also, it can be all yeah, both things, and then like all three branches of the military, or you know, right. Well, he has a fourth, or he has a fifth form though. This is a fifth form. The man. This is unmasked. Oh, yeah, true. The mask comes off. And this is while doing the Nataraja. So, again, that dance is so symbolic here. Yes. Because I think that's the actual dance he's performing. It's very symbolic. I know it looks like the Brazilian one, too, but I'm always positive it's the Nataraja. Yeah. I did look into uh, Kivas, which is where where they are dancing. and there's a Sanskrit translation, which brings us back to Kali, um, Kali dancing in the Kiva. But um, in the Pueblo tradition, um, that's where they would have their big political meetings. And then they would have political like dances, like balls, basically. Um, so a lot to think about there, especially in relation to where where that Kiva is allegedly, if we're thinking that's Kiev, or it's definitely next to that mosque. So, yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're coming into the light of day now. We're like rising out of the darkness and we're coming into the light. Good point. I never really took that in before that we really went through the seasons and it did a little shifty earthquakey shake there. So what could that represent? The birth pangs? Like right, like the know, gestation period. In. Yes. Yep. And birth, um yeah birth pains are a big deal. Yeah. We'll have to keep that little little devil head figure thing in mind. Uh that Draco um, I think it's supposed to represent that, but it's part of this church weave I got with the rest of it. So I'll I'll get to it when I when I go through that. <laughs> His eyes, as we're coming out into the light of day, the day's eyes have eight rays, so it's like an eight eight. Interesting. Nice. He looks tired. Is that a cock and balls behind the mask? Uh, <laughs> remember that. Remember that's that funny. image as well, because that's going to come up in a second. 
<laughs> Sometimes a disembodied head is just a disembodied head. <laughs> <laughs> I just read too much Freud. <laughs> What's that word? Uh, Schadenfreude. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. Can you please explain briefly what that means? Is it like a loss for words, or it doesn't? No, it's a word that means somehow. taking. It means taking joy in somebody else's misfortune. Oh, it's like cringe. I guess if you enjoy, if you enjoy other people cringing. What's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a thing, obviously. Just never really understood it. Thank you. Yeah, we don't have a word for it in English. Another uh, translation of the word Kiva is lotus. I had forgot about that until we just got to this. And there's all these lotuses here. Mm -hmm. That appeared at the the socialist guy, Drannon and the goo, there was one lotus there, right? And then there was no, a that was, a that was a, like a magnolia f- blossom, I believe. Okay. I was just noticed it when I was re- previewing before joining. So thank you. Oh no, you're good. So in the classroom, we got a lotus and then we see them here then. So that's the only two places, I guess that we have the lotus. Yeah. He's got dirt on his face, just like the chick did, by the way. That's kind of weird. Right. Yeah, buddy. Good catch. <laughs> You've been laboring? Like, what's going on? It's his birthmark. <laughs> Maybe another island? <laughs> got a weird, weird choice of facial hair, too. Yeah. You know, why is there, is he, uh, is it's this because like, he's an Adolf? It's not exactly, it's not exactly a, a Hitler stash, but it is kind of reminiscent to have the, this part in the middle cut off, like the cleft lip type of look. Yeah, what is that? that? Is what is that Eric, about? It's also interesting that he's a redhead, you know, uh, RH. He's a red, and red eyes too. Can you give yeah. us any, yeah. surely you've done some research on redheads, Andrea. Can you give us anything? Noteworthy, perhaps, like what could possibly be significant about him having red hair in this? I'm not exactly sure. I just know, like, I haven't done too much research because all I'm right, just like, right. whatever. <laughs> I have red hair. Well, I just figured um, you would be the authority. I didn't want to. No, it's good. Um, yeah, I do know. I've heard a few people say that. Um, in the Middle East, they don't like red-headed people. So, like, mm-hmm. it's, there's certain places you go, allegedly, that will, like, pretty much assassinate you just for being red-headed. Interesting. Um, yeah. That's interesting. I heard, a, I heard about a myth where, uh, or a ritual in the Middle East where uh, at a certain time of year, and people don't talk about it. They just, they just perform this uh, tradition. Uh, they will, uh, the men will paint, dye their hair red. And they also will take select goats from their herd and dye their hair red. And at a certain mm-hmm. day, all of the red goats disappear. Mm-hmm. And when the goats disappear, all of the men go and wash out their hair and go about their business and nobody talks about what just happened. But the, uh, the speculation is that there are giants in the Hills. Mm-hmm. And when the giants see red, they know that it's time for a harvest and they come and they take the select goats 
as an offering. And it's this unspoken contract with the with the Nephilim that live in the wilderness. May I please comment on that? Because that's exactly the scapegoat ritual where the goat is put. They put red yarn on the horns of the scapegoat and send it out into the wilderness for his azzle for to bear sins. So that's totally what was that again? What were you talking about? It was this tribe or something somewhere. These people, yeah, the, the, uh, it was on. Uh, I'll put it. I'll link it in the telly. Uh, but it's. I heard that story from a uh, fella who is collecting military uh, paranormal experiences, and he uh, was interviewing a fella who was in the military who was overseas and was just reporting back on some of the uh, cryptozoology of the Middle East. Uh, okay, I'll, thanks, I'll link man. that to you. Well, speaking of giants, King David was notably redheaded, and he slew De- uh, Goliath. And not only just Goliath, but his four other brothers yeah. and lots of other giants. So he was notably a giant slayer. He he drew so much blood that he wasn't even allowed to build the temple for God, as beloved oh. as he was. So he was permitted to lay the foundation but he was not allowed to build the temple because he was, he had so much blood on his hands, even though he was obedient in killing giants. Just right. want to point that out. So this dude here on the screen, if Jesus Christ is the offspring of David, maybe he could also have red hair, right? So I just think that's right. an interesting correlation. And isn't the temple uh, not allowed to have any iron in the temple? Well, yes, but what... Um, more or less, you're not allowed to have hammers or tools in the temple. You're not allowed to have right. sand. So you had to work on your stone in the quarry, and yeah. then you could bring it in to the temple, but you weren't allowed to use tools in the temple. Now, what's interesting about that to me is that iron, aside from the noise it would be making, probably mess up the acoustics, but uh, it's also known to banish fey, like yes. a Celtic. So I could see why a spirit wouldn't want iron around because right you know, messes up got, the whole mechanics of what's going on there yeah so iron is uh uh element of mars mars is red all those red-headed iron elements uh forbidden forbidden or or maybe not forbidden but reserved for war maybe relegated to the purpose of war and not allowed in the sanctified space. Uh, so, Chance, I dropped you a couple in the telly on this particular moment where the the temple is about to collapse. And this hails back to the what we just saw. When he came out of the wall, we saw that gargoyle with the horns. In and the day's eye or the day's eight. Yes. Yes. He had the eight, eight eyes. We are coming out of uh, Aries and moving into Taurus. We are crossing over the X of the Analima. We're going into April and that is tax day. That is the day eight or no, excuse me. Four fifteen was the day that the Notre Dame uh, tower set fire and collapsed. Okay. It's 
And so everything that we're about to see right now, uh, which is all marcated by the signs and the symbols in the iPad goat film, is encoding this day and this ritual that happened on 415. On the X marks the spot of the Analima, a very sacred day on both sides as we ascend up. Uh, but what do you got? What do you got on this one? All right. So what the, are you talking to me? Well, yeah, I've <laughs> I, I got another, I've got a little more to go, but go ahead. Let's weave on it. Okay. With the, the, um, the little devil head. So the, the, the spires on the Notre Dame had previously been replaced. The guy who replaced them, uh, went through and put all these chimaras, um, which are like gargoyles, Whoa. but they don't spit water. And um, so he put them all through, like, some part of Notre Dame. I don't know exactly the part. And um, nobody knows what, you know, if they um, are still there. Like, I couldn't really find any information on that part, but I could find a lot on these chimaras, which I found just really weird and creepy especially considering the guy, and this goes back to where I was talking about um, the Holy Spirit and the thyroid and St. Michael, because he worked on Mont St. Michael, and he also worked on the um, Statue of Liberty. So this guy had put all this stuff together. um, And yeah, so now they're having to fix the spires that he put in. And one of the spires, so um, this scene actually right here, um, where he doesn't have the crown, he doesn't have the barbed wire on, part of his crown, a splinter of his crown was said to be in one of these spires. So the fact that the spire is gone and his crown is gone, like, just really tells you a lot about what they're trying to show here. Um, wow, yes. That is I don't, fascinating. I don't remember who said last time that there's like something with nine steps of like the belongings or whatever of Jesus Christ. Uh, the, that, yeah, the, yeah. The, uh, the nine uh, elements of the suffering of Christ. Yeah. yeah. So, so what if this is telling us that the that the Notre Dame fire was a was a a heist that it was a, a ploy to steal this relic? Oh, what if the relic has something to do with technology, red mercury technology? And that's why Jesus here, the Mercury figure, has red hair. It's telling us to about yeah. red Mercury. Right. Yes. Or they needed that to be out of there so that they could birth their Antichrist is what I'm thinking with the Chimera. And then all of a sudden it looks like it's awake um, right before everything goes down out here. Or it could be at the same time. We don't really know. Oh like if that event is happening at the same time as this event. Because there are nine bands, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine. He's got nine little bars across his head there. May I uh, 
make a quick observation here. I yeah, see buddy. the church in the background is almost like the high priestess card. We got the two towers. So that's like Joaquin Boaz. And then in the center would be where you would have your high priestess. And so that's to me is a very yonic symbol here with the vagina looking thing here where he's birthed out of into the water here. The sun birthed from the, uh, so if you consider like this church, like the, um, you know, body of Christ, I guess you could say, or something of that nature. But anyway, here he destroys the right. I think the whole thing comes down actually, but, but for the right one to come down immediately after the barbed wire comes off, it's like he wakes up completely. And the first order of business is, uh, the destruction of this. So, you know, no mercy on the right hand leaves only severity on the left. So that, kind of also shows me that because he comes back to judge and it's not yeah. as pleasant as people sometimes think. I'm glad you said that about the high priestess too. Cause when I was um, kind of just researching Notre Dame in general, the way that um, the structure is built is on pillars. And then that's what holds up the, um, the arcs. <laughs> On the top, oh, okay. making it look like that. Um, is it buttress? Yes. Oh, well, well, yeah, for real. So I think it's pretty uh, symbolic of the maybe the Vatican mm-hmm. itself losing power, falling. I would. That's what I would like. <laughs> yeah. To well, that's anyway. going to happen, obviously, too. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know the uh, the Pope he put out an order on eight twenty three. Uh, at the beginning oh, of Volcanaria. What's that? I said, oh man, this is, yeah, I haven't even yeah. been thinking about this. This is a big yeah. deal. Yeah, they're, they're in a lot of financial turmoil right now. He put out an order for all of their financial assets must be recalled into the Bank of the Vatican. What? And he, he put that order out on, on Volcanalia on 823, mm-hmm. the beginning of Volcanalia. Volcanalia is like a multi-day festival. But on That's the, the blacksmith deity. You got it, Vulcan. Okay. And so they are retracting all of their finances into one bank. They're on the retreat, and they uh, they. Put or either there's also the read of that that they are preparing for something to happen to the other places where money could have been, and they're just guarding their hoard. Great. Uh, like anticipating riots against the church or something like that, or just that like reasonable, you know, maybe thing. the maybe the economic switch over to central bank digital currencies or something uh, like that. Be. They expect it to be chaotic, and they want right. to guard their assets in in some right. kind of big switch that's coming. I I agree. I agree. So it's a countdown, and the deadline that is nine thirty. September 30th is when it all has to be finished. Well, 9-3, that's the 93. That's the Thelemic number. That's the Rosicrucian number. It's a super highly significant bunch of uh, numbers encoded in the information there. Um, So, yeah, that's about to happen. And Mercury has been in retrograde all through this year. Every retrograde has been an air element to an earth element. Uh, so we're retrograding every time from uh, air to earth, which 
could correspond with going from fiat into ethereal monetary systems. Uh, but Chance, can you bring that uh, image back up? Because uh, this was, uh, if you go to the top, we see uh, on the day that Notre Dame collapsed, they actually decapitated the saints first. And they had to so that they could airlift their bodies off of their mounts around. No, dude, no way. That's totally symbolic. There's no How way. How close was this to the mummy parade? Because <laughs> I'm not sure not, about the not mummy far parade. Off, actually, I think but this they was lifted before that. Right. So they took the uh, the earth elements and lifted them into the air. Right. They're they also uh, copper or something, right? Because they're green. So that means they're like probably copper mm-hmm. sculptures or brass. Yeah, supercharged, con- conductive. Yep. Uh, so that happened before the fires took place, as though they knew the fires were about to happen and they had to preserve these relics. But the decapitating of saints, that's the X on the Analima. Yeah, man, like the Whore of Babylon, drinking the blood of saints. Now, now here's the question. Were they made to have the heads removed or did they, they really were, cut yeah. them off? I think it's, right, a, well, it's like taking the nut off of a bolt before you remove funny. Yeah. Now, can you roll down a little chance on this one? Because this is this was happening at the moment that the fires took place. Michelle Obama was on the sign river, having a book signing for her book. That is, uh, the name of her book is Becoming, and it's probably because she's fully transitioned. Mm-hmm. She's now. <clears throat> She's now completely a a woman. She had her phallus removed. It's all an Osiris ritual. The whole thing was an Osiris ritual. And you can see in her glass is the reflection of the smoke from the Notre Dame fire. (laughs) She's literally getting drunk on the blood of the saints in the moment that the fire is taking place. I can appreciate the, uh, that's not, that evil can evil could easily make that jump. (laughs) <laughs> well it's like they want us to see this this is back to I mean, the, she's in the, the river prank. dude back to uh, the clown crown it's prankster stuff you got to reveal your prince you have it's to like, reveal that you're getting that they're getting punked otherwise it's a scam not a prank yep. and it's like, that, that like smile. Wow, this image Cooper's was released delight. everywhere people this was in the daily mail you know like this was uh out there Yep. Now, uh, you can't scroll get down more a, bourgeois than that. Scroll down a little more and look at the shape that the sign river makes. Look what shape. Fo- follow the shape of the river. It's the dong. It's the shape of the dong that was at the back of that uh, gargoyle with the horns that we saw. The whole river makes the shape of a dong. Paris is the penis of Osiris. <laughs> And the whole thing was the Osiris Osiris ritual, the Isis ritual, whichever way you want to cut it. And then if you follow, like, if you're a Cathar follower, um, where Mm -hmm. a lot of people, like Howdy Mikowski, a lot of people think that, um, you know, 
Jesus actually, all those things actually happened in France. That makes it even more interesting of a theory. No, I don't think I've ever pointed out that Paris is palace, like palace Athena. Yes. Yep. And also the phallus, like yeah. the phallus of Osiris right here. And the champagne is even yellow. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, planet piss. <laughs> hey, before this fire, remember there was people walking around on the roof and whatnot. So there's actually a nice mm-hmm. rabbit hole to go down on this because it was so weird and suspicious. How right. They still the don't know. The part yeah. or the chat's letting us know that the, the heads of the statues were not really meant to come off. Interesting. Uh-huh. That's what I'm saying, my friend. It seeing this guy knows he makes bronze sculptures. We have I'm a little yeah. metallurgist or Hi, whatever. Jim. What's up, Jim? <laughs> Big love, Jim. Sorry, we're going so late, really cutting into flow state here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably our cue, actually. <laughs> Basically, there. I mean, this is right. the end, but I'm sure there's some closing thoughts this and maybe end. some things still on the table. I don't want to. Leave us feeling like we left things unsaid. You guys have been on a roll tonight. I've just, just finished it, it, and then we wanted a few moments because yeah. we really are at, pretty much at the I end. Got, I got one thing I want to say about those nine bands on his forehead and the spires collapsing, and how all of the bands end with the triangle and the pyramid at the top of his head. This. This particular scene is going to play into a project that I'm working on. It's going to take me a long time to complete it. But I just want to put a little pin in our collective history right here uh, and just say that uh, I'm definitely going to lean in very heavily in decoding uh, what might be the biggest weave I've ever done. And I know I've been talking about it and hinting about it, but I got a project I'm super excited about, and it's going to have a lot to do with these nine bands on the forehead and the spires collapsing behind him, uh, and also the nine uh, implements of the suffering of the Christ. Uh, it's a huge freaking weave. Uh, so I just thought I'd put a note now on the record that there is so much more to say about what mm-hmm. we're looking at. Oh, yeah. I just want to say, I just noticed this. So uh, the the church itself turns into a backwards Scorpio figure, and then you have the stinger going in to uh, nice. the birth canal again. Nice. So. Right. Well, the scorpion will show up again in, at the end in the clouds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy. Yep, and then we got this Jed. Look at the the... <laughs> the Jedi lightsaber on the back of the boat with a Jed pillar. That's a trip and a oh, half, yeah. right? Oh, that does look like a light. I, I wondered what you meant by that, but I realized now it's just a lightsaber right. that isn't turned on. Yep. It's a fun- <laughs> funerary light because it's that boat of death, you know. Yeah, it's like a torch. Mm-hmm. Beacon. And there are like meteors shooting out of the sun. Well, there's your Scorpio in the clouds. It's clearly a scorpion. Uh, I'm pretty positive, I guess. Yeah, buddy. But you got your three pyramids there in the background, and then they get destroyed. There's some, yeah, very subtle lightning hitting them. So what I see, uh, go ahead. 
Oh, go ahead. No, you can go ahead. Oh, it's not lightning hitting them. It's one of the meteors. I got it. Well, I kind of see it as if this is related to Orion and the son of Orion, then uh, the belt, he is truth and the light. So here we got the belt of Orion being dissolved. That's almost like the father energy taking his belt off. <laughs> like yeah. what's going to come next? And yeah. you ain't going to like it. <laughs> so I kind of saw, saw it that way too. Or are they letting us know that the, there's going to be, I've, I've wondered if there would be some kind of a false flag meteor shower at some point. Uh-huh. Or like, you know, Armageddon movie scenario that is artificially done. So, yeah, if you go back to the, all the way to the beginning. I don't think they could destroy the pyramids with technology that currently exists on Earth, though, that easily. But, yeah, with your same kind of a thing, if you go back to the beginning of where it went to the hands, and that tells us, to me, or to me, that tells us exactly um, like they're trying to kill the sun. And that's why I had shared something oh, in the yeah. talk here about the artificial sun so that they can put in that. Um, oh, the Antichrist would literally be an artificial physical sun. Yes. And the, they have a fa- the fake moon too. But what day did you say um, is was the uh, storm on the Capitol? The super scary no. Capitol riot? that article that i shared where they turned the sun their fake sun up which i don't even understand how you would do this but um like how would you have a fake sun i think that was also the same day like january 6th was it yeah, it's the same day that Cicada releases Cicada three three one releases their puzzles, which of course Q came from that too. So. Oh, you're so right. Yeah, about this article, China's one trillion dollar artificial sun fusion reactor just got five times hotter than the sun mm-hmm. on January sixth. It wasn't oh, really? January sixth. <laughs> oh, wow, twenty twenty two. But still, there's a January sixth. Nice catch, Andy. Yeah, and um. It's more than 17 minutes. That's Q as well. Sorry. And it's a a loop of plasma. Loop is a loup is a wolf. Right. So I wonder if Chernobyl, that's where they think they're going to like launch it from, or there was something going on with this in Chernobyl because it's a, it's a fusion reactor. That's just cheeky too. They call it the East, (laughs) like the sun rising in the East. Wow. Oh, yeah. So they could have ran that for 16 minutes or 18 minutes or whatever, but they did 17. And that's cute. That is just your man. And on January 6th, that is just, that doesn't seem like a coincidence. I mean, no. you know what I mean? That's a lot of money and everything wrapped up in all that. Oh, it's a one six. It's a tower. One six is the tower card. I forgot about all that. One six is tower card. Yes. It is 216 million degrees Fahrenheit, by the way. Oh, geez. So, uh, in God we trust is an anagram for tower G in dust. Gabriel. Yeah. It ran, they say that it ran 216 million Fahrenheit. 
come on now, six times six times six, T A X. And then, and then of course, they seconds, say they say the regular sun is twenty seven million, which is you know that is the Christ or the Jesus encoded in septenary or Mercury or all kinds of other words twenty seven. And Obama was born on the two hundred sixteenth day. There's so much in there, man. Good God. Good Lord. So come on, gravy. Wow. Good gravy. Good good gravy. Neo Neo's apartment number was one hundred one. It was on for one hundred and one seconds at two hundred sixteen degrees Fahrenheit. One hundred one oh, is also Saturn and its and its rings. So symbolic numerical symbology there. So much going on here, guys. Oh wait, wait, wait. One thousand and fifty six seconds chance. I'm pretty sure that's an element of uh the Benjamin Franklin's magical square. One oh five six. I think that's an ingredient oh, okay. of Franklin Magical I Square. I well no, I could, I don't know actually, now that I think about it. I think it's 1056. I'll have to look it up again and get back to you guys on that. It's either 1056 or it's 2056. I think it's 1056. That's Benjamin squared. Benjamin Franklin's magical square. I feel like that would make sense because if you break it up into the 10 part and the 56 part, it's 10, then 11. I don't know why. I I think you might be mistaking that the magical square is 256. And then... It might be two fifty two thousand one fifty six. Yeah, it, it might be wrong. So anyway, one more weave on the last couple of seconds. I of kind the- of just cut Andy off, though. Let's. No, you're good. I was done. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> uh, one more weave on the very end of the of the iPad goat film is we have uh, these concentric rings around the sun. It emanates five times. Uh, if you watch, it's a very slow progression of five emanating rings and that is uh encoding i believe the venus as venus goes through its eight-year cycle it makes eight loops eight loop-de-loops or i'm sorry it makes five loop-de-loops over eight-year period and so we do have a morning star encoded as he goes towards the sun with the five rings emanating from the from the sun there then we have hearts again in the clouds. So, yeah. And if any anybody missed it, one thing we talked about in the very beginning was how Ophiuchus's heel is standing on the tail of the scorpion. Uh, and Ophiuchus is a very transcendent constellation. It's uh, the day that JFK was assassinated. Uh, it definitely encodes the Christ. It's called the thirteenth sign which is a bit of a misnomer, but it also encodes the 13, uh, it's a lunar cycle. It's, it's the 13th month. It's the missing month of the, of the year, uh, kind of hailing back to the pagan, uh, you know, observance of the natural processes that the system we're in. Oh. It also relates that to the 12 labors of Hercules. So if you see each zodiacal yeah. sign as a labor, that we go through, then uh-huh. you overcome that. You become the Ophiuchus, as it were, because the Ouroboros is the zodiac. So if you yeah. break the zodiac, you then are become the Ophiuchus. Because you see, right. when he's holding it, it's not eating its tail. It's he's broken it and defeated it, and it's now dead in his arms. Um, yes. So it's very Thor and 
Hjormunger like nice. as well. Chance, yeah. can you play the audio of the last second of the iPad Goat? There's a yeah, super. I can, put I can put that in. Hold oh, on. that little noise at the end. The little noise at the end. You got it. That's like the cherry on top. It is. It's so subtle. It's right when they go to the credits. You'll see. Uh... You got that awesome spaghetti western horns going. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking that might also the pyramids collapsing. That might encode the destruction of the third temple. One temple, two temple, three temple. That's why there were three Shirley temples on the. Uh, the Beatles album cover. Okay, listen. Sounds like a tomb sliding open. I knew it. I knew you'd hear it. Mm-hmm. Well, the Apis bull would be placed in a stone tomb, and that's why they were so heavy, is because after a time, the bull would decompose and produce like gas. And then the pressure was so great that it contained all that. And then it would generate electricity on the granite stone. It would literally become an electricity generator. So, you know, the sacrificial bull or oxen, which lambs can be included in that. But of course they used oxen more, uh, bulls more than uh, rams probably, I'm sure, because they're bigger. So, so one thing that, I see in that it was the letter. So as they made that audio sound, it was the dot of the letter I came moved off center and chance in my uh, diction of Aries. I is at the 90 degree point. It's at the high markation. And that's where mm-hmm. the, uh, the three days of the summer solstice where the sun stays in place for three days. Uh, so yeah, very much, a you know, opening of the third eye, the rolling away of the stone, decalcifying the pineal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're literally the we're most literally. high eye. <laughs> this was fun, If you know, he also has a the pyramid capstone on it prominently on his forehead, and even the three pyramids in the distance have very distinct capstones. You can see that, that there is a line placed there to delineate. And so, again, the lamb would be the sacrifice at the top of these pyramids. The lamb, the sacrifice lamb is the capstone, the completed work, the, the completion of the great work. And the eye at the top is the silent witness to that sacrifice at the foundation of the world. So as it is in the beginning, so it is in the end, it's half and omega. So I just wanted to mention that because with the scorpion there, we see, well, that's judgment, the sting of the scorpion, Um, you know, with the wages of sin or death, right? So you see Virgo standing there with a sword and scales. Well, you could change the sword out with a scorpion or a snake or whatever. So when you see the depiction of the character holding like the snake in their left hand, that's the, the authority to dispense death, the death decree. So you can see the scorpion vibes there nice. also kind of bring in that 
to town <laughs> right. only if, with falling if stars. Quit, if we quit in 20 seconds, we'll be three hours, 33 minutes and 33 seconds. <laughs> That's what I was now. thinking, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Illuminati confirmed. 10, 9, 8, All right. 7. Well, good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks right. everyone. We had 60 people watching the whole time. This was amazing. Uh really cool. And I can't wait to see what we do next as a crew. I'd love to have Andy and Josh back to talk about some other stuff and of course Gabriel every week. So uh <laughs> catch you all on the next Vibrant. I uh, the I by the time I talk to you all again, I'll have gone to the Bertaria Festival. So I'm pretty excited about that. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Exercise your right to bear arms. <laughs> <laughs> You're bearing your arms right now, meow. That's right. Magic card. <laughs> yeah. All right. Much love, everybody. Uh, good night, everyone. Ciao. Y'all did great. Thanks, chat. You guys were amazing. Love y'all. So, uh... <laughs>